With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. From lunch through to tea, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Welcome, our team. What a Wednesday. What a Wednesday for the media world, actually. And uh, echoing Smithy's sentiments, our, our, our thoughts and understanding go to the people at Today FM who, with pretty much no notice, got the Archer. They got the Archer. And some of you remember um, John Day, who was Smithy's first producer, went over to Today FM. He's been affected. And a number of them have been affected twice with the radio sport and now the Today FM. So, people first, as always, folks. Um, while in the radio world there is competition, there is also a lot of compassion, uh, compassion amongst all of us. So, um, yes, we are hoping that they are treated well, with respect, and um, they can bounce back. It's uh, always bad when you hear people in the same industry get, get that sort of situation. So, yeah, our thoughts are certainly with all of them. Today's Thursday. It is the 30th of March. It is Rugby League Sweepstake Day. We're going to change it a little bit today, give you those details shortly. Also today, Connor Andrews, we had him lined up for yesterday, but we decided to make it today a little bit closer to the Premier League, which gets underway this Sunday. He's a Talk Sport UK football commentator. He'll join us just after one. Tony Johnson, Sky Sport Rugby commentator, looking at this weekend's Super Rugby action and anything else that's happening in and around Rugby Union. Um, we'll have our continuation of oh, I always forget the, the the fun little name, well it's not here the coaching king or queen of the ring is what we've got um, we have two two lots of two, so we'll have four decided today, it's day one of the sweet 16 so all of the first round winners everyone that plays or competes now in the vote off has a 1-0 and record so some are going to be losing today and uh, as we count our way down to find the greatest sports coach of all time, according to you people out there. So they'll be coming up uh, later on in the show as well. We'll also find out 
Uh, what is making news around the world? We'll play Show Me The Money today. We got two from four last week. We're starting to get a bit um, annoyed. We're going to get quite serious. We, we need to get quite serious and uh, try and see if we can launch into one. We'll have a look back in the day as well. But Midday Madness, it's the, it's the Thursday, which is NRL because there's a game tonight. Who is playing tonight, Sammy? It's... Uh, we got the e- Eels and the Roosters. Eels, Roosters. Okay. So normally what we've done, you ring us, 0800 150. You tell me which team's going to have the biggest winning margin. What is that margin? And if needed for a countback, as we needed last week, we need a try scorer from that game. Similar but different. We need the lowest winning margin. So who's going to have the narrowest win? Anything from one, and it includes Golden Point, one, two, is there a three, is there a four? So which team's going to have the, they have to win, but they're lo- the lowest margin of the weekend, potentially even harder to pick, but that's okay. Um, so go and have a look at the draw. I'll give you the, the teams, the, the matchups. What will that margin be? And we'll still take a try scorer for a tiebreaker. So try and find the game that's going to finish 2018 or... 16-14, I think the Warriors was last week. That was probably the lowest one. Oh, no, Parramatta had a one-point win, didn't they? Two golden pointers. Yep, Manly Souths as well went to golden point. Oh, there we go. Yep. Two one-pointers. So, yep, um, and that's that's on the back of the, the news that came out of uh, the NRL last week that 73%, 76%, mid-70% have all been 12 and under games. So, um we were finding that when we did the biggest winning margin, particularly in league, there's sort of mainly only two games that people were going into. So this throws it a little bit more open. So tell me the team that's going to win by the narrowest margin, what that margin will be, and a try scorer for the game. That is Midday Madness. 0800 150. Give us a yell. Well, listen, Buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Right, so here are the games. Uh, tonight is Roosters-Eels. Um, then we got the Raiders-Panthers. Raiders at home. Rabbitohs home to Storm. You get the feeling that might be close. Sea Eagles-Knights, maybe not so much. Um, Dragons-Dolphins. Now, while that's 14th versus 3rd, um, be interesting to see how the Dragons bounce back after a pretty polluted week for them. Bad game. Barb's thrown at the coach. Can the Dolphins carry on? In fact, even the Dragons are favourite. That's interesting. Dragons-Dolphins. Then we've got the Broncos-West Tigers. Well, see, if we had a gone biggest winning margin, I would say that would get 90 of the picks. So I don't think we'll see any Broncos or Wests picks. And then the Sharks-Warriors. Potentially, that could be close. Um, and the last game of the round, another close one, I think, Bulldogs-Cowboys. So which team will have the smallest winning margin? What will that margin be? And give us a try score. Let's go to the phones. We've got Chris from Tauranga. G'day, Chris. G'day, mate. How are you? Very well. Uh, sorry. Hey, I've got um, Storm and South Yep. Uh, to go to Golden Point. And um, try score Thompson from South. Thompson. So which team will win no, that? No, I think Wh- by one point, uh, field goal, yeah. Which team? Golden Point. Um... Who gets the drop goal? Oh, who gets the drop goal? Oh, no, not the player. Which team? Which team gets the win by one? South South Sydney. In a nail-biter. What a game it'll be. 
it'll be a great game. Yeah, you're not often wrong. All right, Chris. Good luck. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> buddy. Let's go to Scott and Wellington. G'day, Scott. Hey, Steph. How you going? Very well. Um, you, you blew my thinking this week because I already had thinking the Broncos West Tigers game for the <laughs> highest margin, as probably most people did. <laughs> um, I'm going to follow suit and, and Rabbitoh Storm because that's a, it's a, it is a tough game to call. Um, and I'm going to say the Rabbitohs by four um, and um, AJ Alex Johnson to um, score. Alex Johnson, he scores for fun, doesn't he? Jeez, he's a finisher. He does. He does. He's Pretty incredible. He's going to be. Uh, oh, it's not going to be long till he's uh, right at the very top, all all alone by himself and and mm. history. To be honest. Yeah. No. He's wonderful to watch. Wonderful to watch. All righty, Scott. I've got you in for South. Two for South so far. Thanks, buddy. Uh, let's go to the life member Zaid. G'day, Zaid. We'll take the Warriors this weekend, please. There you are. We'll go, we'll go uh, Warriors by two and Montoya in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> With a spectacular that, that's drive. Old, that's old Sam. That's a tribute to Sam. <laughs> that's better than me, Zade. That's better Rabbi than me. Sean Johnson for the win. <laughs> you actually do a very yeah, good we'll Sam. Wow, well, we'll get you in, Zade. Well, you can do a you can do a game. <laughs> but now here we go. Uh, hopefully, um, uh, but they need to, if they want to get the win, they need to, uh, you know, they need to shut down Nico Hines, which isn't going to be easy. That's, no, the, that's, a, the, that's the problem. He's a quality Nico player. Hines looks like he was all over the Dragons last weekend. So. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, Zate. All right, I've got They're you in. Good. They're looking good. You champion. Sorry. He's got the Warriors. Let's go to Christchurch. Talk to Mikey. G'day, Mikey. Oh, g'day. Hey, great interview with David Moffat, by the way, just quickly. Um, Sharks, Warriors, Sharks by two. Sean Johnson to score. Sharks by two, did you say? Yeah. Sharks by two with SJ to score. Don't mind that. Don't worry, yeah, a, little, hey, um, a little subtle nod from Sammy Hewitt there, a little subtle nod. <laughs> hey, uh, very quickly, do you want to hear my Mark Robinson, um, um, what do you call it when you, you, you yeah. Impersonation? <laughs> train of thought. Yeah, do you want to hear my Mark Robinson yes. impersonation? Yes. That's perfect, that's exactly it. <laughs> that's exactly it, mate. Good on you, have a good show. <laughs> See you, buddy. <laughs> Oh, I love our listeners. Let's go to Lachlan in Christchurch. G'day, bud. Hey, how you going, Steffi? Very well, hey, mate. Um, my, my pick, I'll tell you what's going to be the best game of the round. Rabbitohs Storm tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking Rabbitohs by four and try scorer Cody Walker. Try scorer Cody Walker. Yeah, he is, he is so good, that guy. Yeah, he's on. He's he's in some really good form. He had a couple of tries last week as well, and I just think that game's the. They always schedule the, the Friday night game, the ten o'clock game, our time is is the match of the round, I reckon, and I reckon this one's going to live up to it. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Actually, uh, Melbourne are starting to going to have to start playing the desperation card soon. Yeah, well, you think they've got Munster kind of back now? I think they're still missing Jerome Hughes, but I mean they've they're still a class act. I mean they looked good in patches last week, but I think. I think they'll string it together this week, but I think the Rabbitohs will probably be too good, which is why I went near the four four point margin playing at home as well. And if it is, it'll be a ripper of a game. Yeah, exactly right. Top man, Lachlan. Enjoy it. All right, cheers, Steffi. Cheers, buddy. Mate. See you, mate. Uh, Rotorua, Anthony. G'day, Anthony. G'day, how's it going? Very I good. I think uh, the Roosters um, by two points um, and Brandon Smith to score a try. Hang on, Roosters by two. Brandon Smith with a little sneaky dart from dummy half next to the goalposts. 
Yeah, definitely. The little cheese, eh? All right. Anthony, Rotorua, I've got you in. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Thank you very much. buddy. Enjoy that. Um, had some good guesses, getting quite a few texts in as well. If you can't, if you can't get... Um, to the phone to give us a call, do feel free to text us on double eight double three, which is the Tampa Bay Post text machine. Um, also, uh, we're aware that there's a few broadcasting issues with our frequencies in Napier, um, Hawke's Bay, and a couple of the surrounding ones as well. It's all due to damage in the floods and <clears throat> and getting equipment there for, for repair jobs. We, we have fingers crossed that things should be sorted by today. Um, there were some parts flown down yesterday to try and fix it. Um, probably a timely reminder that you can listen to the show live on the SENZ app as well. So our Hawke's Bay listeners that do it that way haven't been affected. Um, so just if it ever happens, do always remember that we do have the SENZ app available for you, which streams live through your car, straight out your phone speakers or however you listen to uh, streaming services. So... Good chance to download that if it, if it did happen. Um, it's sort of been out of our hands, but Spark have been working very hard to, to get that connectivity up and running again. Let's go to Brett and Huntley. G'day, Brett. Uh, afternoon, Lovely loves the sweepstakes, and I love to play them. <laughs> nice. Oh, you're bringing that back. I love it. <laughs> we need a new one. We do, uh, eh? I'm, we do. Uh, I'm taking uh, the Melbourne Storm. Yep. By two points in Golden Point because LaGrub Mitchell will give away a stupid penalty and uh, <laughs> seven uh, player William Walbrick will score a try. Oh, William Walbrick. He looks the goods, doesn't he? He's a businessman. He's a big human. Yeah. Hmm. Um, they gave him the year to develop his game. No, old Bellamy didn't come down in the last show. He's a smart dude, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That is right. All right, Brett, I've got them in. Storm by two with uh, the Kiwi, William Albrook, to score a try. Top man. See you, buddy. See you, buddy. Uh, Simon and Hamilton. G'day, Simon. G'day, uh, Steffi. Uh, I'm going to go the Warriors by one. <laughs> yes. I can't. I can't. I can't see it. Not happening. I might even have to put a little bet on, actually, now you've brought this up. And uh, my try scorer... Um, I'm going to go Volkman. Oh, jeepers. Okay. Because he's not going to be marked as hard, is he? Uh, well, who knows. But, yeah, I just think uh, he'll want to prove a little point today and get his chance. So, you know, hopefully he gets a, has a good game, first and foremost, and the team get up. That, that's all I'm worried about. Yeah, let's hope they do. Let's hope they do. Awesome. Warriors by one. <clears throat> Ronald Volkman and Try. Nice. Like it, Simon. Thanks, bud. Uh, Chris just said you might need three or more vouchers. Uh, there could be a few games the same. Yeah, there could be. That's the risk we run, Craig. But you do need the try scorer as well. And you tend to think if it finished close, I know not 100% of the time, but most of the time it would be a low-scoring game. So not many tries. Oh, well, fingers crossed that's what I'm thinking. Anyway, uh, give us a yell. Get your entry in 0800 150 811. Or text them in on double eight double three. We've get a, got a few through. Uh, we've got a uh, Sean. Sean, you've said Rabbits Storm two point margin, and you've given us your try scorer. You have to tell us who's going to win. You still have to tell us who's going to win. 
We've got a Dragons by three. We've got a Cowboys by three. We've got a Cowboys by four. More to come after the break. We are taking your entries in the sweepstake for the NRL this week. A little bit different this week. Uh, we want the narrowest margin of victory. Which team will get it? What will that margin be? And a try scorer from the game. And you can be like Mike in Christchurch. He said the Sharks will win the game by two, but Sean Johnson to score a try. So you can take someone from the other time, uh, from the losing side. So get your sweep entries in. One with the closest gets the 50, D, 50, 50 New Zealand dollars. TAB bonus bet. Craig Tauranga. G'day, Craig. G'day, how you doing? Good, Craig. Good, you just made me change my try score, actually. Um, <laughs> I'm going to Cowboy, the Cowboys and Golden Point. Um, I was going to take Valentine Holmes, but yeah, I'm just thinking about that. If uh, if Josh had a car plan for the dog, then, uh, then I'll take him. So Cowboys and Golden Point with Adokar. Josh, no reason he wouldn't be. I don't think he's injured. don't think he was suspended. So one point? One point, Cowboys, but Josh Adokar to score a try. Jeez, you'll kick yourself if Fal Holmes scores and the Cowboys uh, one by one. Yeah. <laughs> I will. I will. All right, Steve. Thanks good, a lot. Good on you, bud. Thank you. There's Craig from Tauranga. Uh, more have come in on the text line. We've got a Warriors. Uh, we've got another Warriors, an Eels, a Cowboys, a Rabbits, a Storm. So more spread. More spread uh, this week. Uh, another one for the Storm, Geordie Barrett to score. <laughs> I like that one, Craig. Uh, 12 months too early, Walker to score. Okay, there you go. So you can get them in. And I've just remembered too, the rural roundup is on 12 to 1 yesterday, today and tomorrow. So we've got a smaller field. But when the rest of the country join us at 1 o'clock, I will let them text in until half past 1 because that's only fair. I think that's only fair. Um so that'll be during our chat with Connor Andrews out of Talk Sport, the UK football commentator. Also Tony Johnson, as he does every Thursday. Um, every Thursday, he talks to us about Super Rugby. Um, interesting to get his take on the Tom Robinson issue. And I don't know whether he heard the chat with uh, David Moffat yesterday, which is a pretty revealing chat. But uh, yeah, Tony Johnson. Just after two, we go. We stay in Auckland and we go to Brenton. G'day, Brenton. G'day, mate. How are you, Steph? Very well, buddy. That's good. Hey, I'm gonna go Roosters tonight by two, and uh, Daniel Tupo. Yeah. I'm just having a look. Oh, we have got a um, we. Someone else has got Roosters by two, but they got Brandon Smith. So I don't mind that. It's going to be a battle between you two. Uh, that's good. That's good. Roosters by two. Do they have to improve much? Uh, I think it'll be close, man, because um, Parramatta, they, they took they big pen with last week, so uh, they're going to they're gonna be down of winning ways. So it's going to be a lot closer than you think, I reckon, even though the bookies are saying otherwise. Yeah, they've got it. Uh, what's that? About a five-point margin they've priced it with the Roosters the favourite ones, but yeah, whenever a team like the Eels puts in a performance like last week after some disappointing ones, you think, okay, are they sorted now, or do they go back to yeah, losing and getting yeah, pumped? Yeah. It's pretty tricky. Yeah, you're right. I know. Well, well I... I would have the Panthers too. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, all right. I wish you all the very best, sir. Thanks, Jeff. Have a lovely day, mate. You too, buddy. Um, I'm just double-checking. Um, yes, Josh Adokar has been named. Um, 
don't think there's too many changes in there. Matt Burton's still playing Cole Flanagan yet. Um, interesting that they named uh, Torhu Harris in the starting lineup for the Warriors, given that it's pretty unlikely he'll play. Anyway, another one on the text has come through. Another one for the Storm. Another one for the Rabbits. Another one for the Cowboys. Let's find out what Joey from Auckland thinks. G'day, Joey. G'day, Steph. How are you, mate? Brilliant. Look, you know where I'm going here? <laughs> Who are Manly playing? <laughs> Who are Manly playing, Steph? All right. I'm going to find that for you, champion. Uh, Manly have got... Oh, I'm on the wrong blimmin' page. Uh, Knights. Manly playing Knights. Manly Knights. Uh, 12 points, Manly. And you know who it's going to be? The mighty Tommy Turbo. Tommy Turbo. There it is. And you think they'll win by 12 and that'll be the smallest winning margin of the week? Well, I'll take them by four. Okay. The Knights, I mean, they've got, they've got to come right, you know, surely. Uh, take them by, the smallest million margin out of the whole lot, yeah. Yeah. I'll take, yeah. Manly by Tommy, four Tommy. and the mighty Tommy Turbo. Just score, Steph, yeah. Yeah, and, and as, as it, oh, I'd just like to comment too, Steph, yeah. yeah, it was a great interview with uh, David Moffat, mate. He, he makes a hell of a lot of sense, that man. Yeah, and... and you know, Mark yeah, it was just, it was quite refreshing. I found it really, really refreshing and open. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, you and Smithy were dead right just before you came on. You know, um, you, you're able to get get hold of other CEOs, not a problem. Why can't you get hold of the number one sport or number one team or your sport in New Zealand? You know, the All Blacks, you should be able to get hold of this there. And they should, it's, it's free advertising. Can't believe it. Mm. How dumb are they? Mm. How dumb are they? I know. We ju- we just... You have a great day, mate. You too, champion. Thanks, Joey. There we go. There's another entry. Um, we'll keep them open. You can keep calling. 0800 150 811. That's what you got to do. Uh, the team that is going to have the smallest margin of victory, what will that margin be in a try scorer if we need it for a tiebreaker? If you're texting in, do please put your name on the text. Um, so the person that just texts Cowboys by two with drink water haven't got your name. Uh, we got Craig's. we got Sean's. Um, Warriors by six with Chance Nickel Kluckstar. No name on that one. We just, it's not if your name isn't there, you're disqualified, but we just like to know your name. We just like to know your name. Uh, who else have we got? We've got yours. Who's that? Pony. He's a heck of a name. <laughs> it's a double check there. Pony, Jared, Craig, got all your names. This one we haven't got. Cowboys by two, felt to score. Haven't got your name. Um, not a must have it's a like it's a like to have it's a would like to have uh, Cowboys by two drink water uh, drink water's not playing still suspended for the Cowboys so you might just want to pick, pick somebody okay. else there so number ending one, in 0930 0930 have another entry and chuck your name on it you can still have the Cowboys by two but uh, just take another one just take another player like um, mm, Winchester did you say Sam? Oh, Tom Chester's playing fullback. There he goes. That's Tammy's tip if you want to take him. Um, and I've just had a message on my machine saying I'm about to be logged out due to inactivity. I've been here since 12 o'clock. What are you talking about, inactivity? Bloody machines. Um, I'll try and sort that out. We'll take new sport and weather. We'll come back. Give us a yell, though. 0800 150. Get your 
811. <laughs> <laughs> so quick uh, get your entries in team to win with the lowest margin what will that margin be and who's a try scorer from the game let's go to news with Johnny well listen buster you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness Ah, uh, yeah, plenty coming in. Uh, Paul's my name. I like that, Paul. G'day, Paul. We're going to put your name next to your number. So next time you text in, I'm going to go, got a text from Paul. He's taking the Warriors by six and Klukstar. Klukstar. Have I got that right, Sam? Klukstar. Uh, it's like bookstore. The way that I've got it phonetically is Clue. Clue. Star. Well, someone told me it rhymed with book. Kluk. Yeah, no, this one here says C-L-U-E. Clue. With yeah. a K on the end, and then Klook. star. Klukstar. 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 Okay, all right. It's always hard, though, when people sort of do that sort of stuff, because, like, they'll write it out as clue, but they mean for you to say, like, kluk, mm. or kluk, you know, like it, yeah, I don't know. It can be very confusing, but you just need them to basically do that video and say it. But then the problem is, like, I, the Melbourne Storm put out a video where they did their pronunciation, and as I watched it, I thought, I don't know if some of these boys even know how it's supposed to be pronounced, you know, and I didn't want to be too rude. But then I read the comments, and sure enough, there were a lot of, you know, Pacific Islanders and Māori commenting on it being like, this pronunciation is so bad. So you don't even, even know your yeah, name. Yeah, so even, so, and, and, and understandably, because some of them grow up in Aussie their whole life, so probably Born don't learn mm. uh, Tongan or Samoan or whatever it is, and, and so they don't really know the correct pronunciation. So it's, it's just so hard stuff to get. My, my number one thing is, as long as the commentator is trying to get it right, mm. and we know that sometimes the Aussies... Don't even really, don't, <laughs> don't even, even really attempt it. That'll do. Yeah, yeah. I even know actually, sort of firsthand. I won't say a name, but a person who was told the correct pronunciation, he said, "I don't care." <laughs> so you know, some of them just really couldn't care less and just mm. say it how they see it or whatever's easy. Jerome Kano Kano. Is it Kano or Kano? I asked him once. Mm. I fronted him, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Bro, I don't care." And I said, "I don't. I didn't ask if you cared." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is it, Kano? Hmm. Mm. K-O-I, you know, Kai Kai no, Kaino. Yeah. Yeah, Kai yeah. No. Anyway, um, there was some basketball news, Sam. Well, interestingly, yeah, there was a um, Lamar Balls and t- Lamar? Lavar? Lavar. Yeah, too many L's. Um, Lavar. Lamar. Guess it's got to come in. So Lavar Ball, the uh, the father of Leangelo Lonzo and Lamelo Ball. Uh, two so there's of no which, Lamar at all. There's no Lamar. And okay. when you look Lamar up Odin. Leangelo, Lamar Odom, everyone's calling him D'Angelo, but it's just it's Leangelo. So all the boys start with L, right? And they all end with O. Lonzo, Lamelo, Leangelo. Okay. And their <laughs> dad is Lavar. So Lavar <laughs> is in the country right okay. now with Big Baller Brand. What's he doing here? Do you know? I'm not actually too sure. He's maybe doing, some, bar- he's doing some, camps. some camps. So he yeah. was at yeah he was at uh, Swish Factory yesterday, and he's moving the needle and creating breaking news staff because he appeared on a, uh, a music radio station here and admitted to them that um, De- uh, Leangelo <laughs> Leangelo wants to come and play for the Breakers, um, and now that's sent shockwaves throughout New Zealand, and uh, the discussions are supposedly taking place between the Breakers and Lavar. So is he linked to an NBA team at the moment? 
No, Ali so Andrew. he played for the Hornets. No, so he didn't even play for the Hornets. Right. He was playing for the Swarm, which mm-hmm. is the Hornets G League affiliate. So he was in like this, what you'd call the second division of the NBA. Mm. So he was in the G League. So yeah. uh, and it's not looking likely. The only reason that he was associated with Charlotte is because his brother Lamelo Ball was the second pick uh, to Charlotte. So Michael Jordan and them boys have sort of uh, just given him a slip in the back door and. He's only averaged 4.6 points in the G League, which isn't so is very promising the, the at all. Angelo a good player? Is he good enough for the Breakers? I don't think it's a good idea for the Breakers. I think it's a great marketing uh, plan. I was going like, to say, it's great, it's great to attract, sorry, Sam. It's great to attract fans like we saw with RJ Hampton a few years ago, even though he was a true prospect who went on to get drafted. I don't think it's going to set up the same pathway for Lamelo to get, uh, sorry, Leangelo to get drafted uh, after a season with the Breakers. So uh, I'm not that keen on it, if I'm honest with you, Steph. I can tell you the Breakers have 2.9 million reasons to be happy with it. Uh, that's how many followers he's got on Instagram. How often do you get the chance to bring someone who's got nearly 3 million Lee Angelo fans? has got Correct. that many. How many's LaVar got? Has he got a... Does oh. he have, oh, he have an Instagram, wouldn't he? LaVar Ball. He probably, he probably has the most of all of them. Um, LaVar Ball. Oh, think, no, he's only got a Lamello. mil. Yeah, LaMelo's got the most He's only got followers. a mil. They've got a lot between them, though. Um, Lamelo was all sort of, always sort of the cool Lamelo's one. nine point eight. He's got nine point eight million. Wow! But I tell you what, three million for Leangelo, you'll take that as the breakers. That's that's a marketing man's dream. Um, but yeah, TBC. Anyway, discussions supposedly, and that's all at the moment. Okay, okay. Wonder if they'll give us a yell, get us our our opinion. You mean the breakers or yeah? Do you think they'll check with us? Maybe. What would you say? He's got three million followers. Well, actually, you could get both me and Kez in there and we'd play good cop, bad cop. Kez can consult his Snapchat AI and ask what he thinks. He only averaged 6.5 points in Lithuania playing 30 minutes a game. Yeah, no, we don't want him. Give me Brand Barry Ambassador? Brown. Give me Brad Ambassador? Because that's the thing, you're going to have to play him, aren't you? Social media manager? Him. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we are in the midst of our king and queen of coaching, king or queen of coaching, the overall sporting coach of all time. We got your nominations. We got the top 32. We seeded it by number of votes. We've done the round of 32. The Sweet 16 starts today. We're going to reveal who the first matchups are after the break, and we can get voting on those. Looking forward to these matchups. I actually have no idea who they are. I have no idea who they are, so it'll be a surprise to me, and you can get voting on them. That'll happen after the break. We're back, and we got Simon from Auckland. He's having a crack at the NRL sweepstake, the team that's going to have the narrowest margin of victory. What will that margin be in a try scorer from the game? Either side. G'day, Simon. G'day, Steffi. How are you doing? Very well. Um, I'm going to go with the Dolphins, Redcliffe Dolphins. Nice. By just two? Yep. And the hammer to score. The hammer to <laughs> score. Yeah. I'm just riding the hammer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Dolphins by two. Yeah, the first one by phone call to pick the Dolphins, and I don't even know if we've had a text message by the for the Dolphins. Actually, you could be solo, but I, I'm not reading all those. Captain Case got all those. All right, Simon, fantastic. Thanks, bud. Yeah, I just thought the Dragons were so poor next week, I'll go against whoever they're playing. <laughs> not an idea. Not a bad idea. I like it. Good, good man, yeah, Simon. Mate. All the best. All the best. Uh, there's a Dolphins one by two. What's the hammer's real name, Sam? 
Uh, Hamiso Tabuai Fido. Wow. What do they call them in Australia? The hammer. <laughs> hammer Fido. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Tab- Tabuai Fido. What? Um, and I don't even actually know his proper pronunciation there, so excuse me if I did get that wrong, but like Hamiso, I don't even know what. Is he Papua New Guinea, maybe? I was going to ask what his heritage. Fido. Fido. Could well be. Yeah. All right. Um, hey, just quickly as well, in the other news, just before we get to our um, coaching bracket, did you see that the West Tigers are going to bring Mitchell Pierce back? No. Yeah. This is this is how low the West Tigers are going at this stage. They're looking to get to Mitchell Pierce, who I think is about 34 at this stage. Hasn't played NRL in a couple of years. Has he been playing Super League? Or um, I think or he has ball? been playing. I think he has been playing Super League. Um, yeah, I think he's been. Oh, or Cat, yeah, I think he's been playing Catalans. Cat, Catalans. Catalans. Dragons. Catalans Dragons. Stacey Jones. Um, yeah, but he. You know, they've got to sort out this Luke Brooks problem because they've got a guy there who's on a million bucks who really is not playing like a million-dollar player and playing almost like he shouldn't be in a first-grade team. But, you know, Mitchell Pearce, I mean, gosh, if you're a Tigers fan, you must just be beating your head against the wall. And did they just do a trade with Manly? Uh, no, was that, was the, that was the Dragons. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, I mean, like, you know, Warriors – you think about the couple of clubs that have really been struggling the last few years when you think of the Warriors, the Dogs, the Tigers. And the, the Tigers fan looking at the Warriors and the Dogs saying – those guys seem to be on the right track. Just sorting it and out. they were excited for this season as well, remember. They thought they were going to be on track to, to turn things around. Just on like Brooks, I saw a comment someone put on Twitter saying um, that Luke Brooks for eight years has been paid huge money on potential. He's now nearly 30 and yeah. he's still being paid for potential. Correct. Time to cut the strings. The other thing as well is that... Um, there's a lot of, not he said, she said, but just a lot of um, disagreement in the in the Tigers coaching staff because Tim Sheens came out and denied that they were that they were interested in signing the playmaker at all. But it was actually Pierce who confirmed that Marshall had called him regarding a potential move. Mm. So there's clearly just a complete disconnect between Benji and Robbie and and Tim Sheens. Yeah, and when you're losing and when you're bad, problems come. Straight away. Yeah, totally. Fans are into your media, into yep. your players are into your coaches, into coaches. Yep, getting it from all angles. Horrible, horrible. And Tim Sheens is 70 years old, and the NRL's changed a lot in 18 years since he won a competition. So Wayne Bennett's 73 years old. But he's, he's stayed in the comp. You yeah, know, like he's been he's still stayed. coaching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's Tim Sheens been up to? Apart from, you know, background stuff. But mm. Anyway, play that music. From the East Coast to the West Coast, we bring you... Live. Live, the queen and king of the ring of sporting coaching. Live from the San Antonio studios in Texas. And we have found the Sweet 16. Oh, yes. We're in the Sweet 16 now, which is when we get to the business end. We had a few upsets in the first round, but now the big guns come out to play. Um, You know, it's sort of like... I was trying to think of a compare a, a shopping comparison. It's like going to the warehouse for your chocolates for Easter, and then all of a sudden walking into Lindor, or you know, <laughs> you just, just go to the next level. Yeah. You just go to the next level, and you just get a lot more tastier prospects. So yeah. we've got the Western Conference, the twenty seventh seed. Who uh, that I, was an upset. That was an upset. Well, it was it actually be, an upset. It has to be if um, you're a lower seed than sixteen, you've created an upset. Twenty seventh in the West, Brendan Bears McCullum Bears Ball, who. 
to be honest, is riding off the coattails of basically a year, a 12-month span. Plus IPL. He's been coaching IPL. IPL for okay. a while. And I'll Big Bash. Okay. Yeah. Uh, going up against a man who was coaching for probably too long. And that was Arsene Wenger, um, the 12th seed in the <laughs> Western Conference. What a that is. It is. The Too old far the new. coaching in England. True. Very true. Yeah, the, the Arsene Wenger, the players. Uh, I'll just keep coming back to that. So that's your Western Conference matchup number one for today, for the Sweet 16. And in the Eastern Conference, I know where this one's going to go, Staff. I, I already can pick it. You've got the 22nd seeded, or if I'm American, I should say 22nd. You know how they do yeah, that? 22nd. 22nd. Uh, Vince Lombardi. They, named, they, they even named a trophy after him. Vince Lombardi going up against Dame Nolan Toto at the seventh seed. And uh, I feel like I know where that one's heading. So, yeah, look, already we're just off to a fly. Bears v. Venga. Bears v. The Ass. Or Lombardi v. Toto. V. The Dame. Yeah. Now, do remember yesterday there was... Very nearly a major upset because people didn't vote. Yep. And in one of those, you just think, oh, look, Dame Knowles will beat Vince Lombardi. N- not necessarily. There's Lombardi fans out there. He won his head-to-head quite quite nicely, mm-hmm. actually, against, I think he was against um, the Liverpool great, Bill Shankly. Yeah. Um, and he only just snuck home. But he got voted on. And people were texting saying Shankly should have survived. And he didn't. So Liverpool fans, you missed out. So Arsenal fans can vote for Arsene Wenger. Um, real New Zealanders can vote for Baz McCullum. <laughs> and then we got Lombardi. So, <clears throat> double eight, double three. Here's your voting procedure. Text line, Tampa Bay Post text line, double eight, double three. Venga or McCullum, just one of those two. Lombardi or Dame Knowles, one of those two. <sighs> Benji should play, someone's just said. Bring back Benji. I wonder if he's thought about that. I wonder if he's thought about that. Well, they've talked about it. I think and Robbie when, Farah. When Tim Sheens came on with, um, I think it was with Kempe on the breakfast show, um, or maybe it was on Drive, and they, they spoke to him about what's Benji like at training? Is he still running around? Would you consider throwing him in? And he said, look, Benji does get involved in a few of the drills, and he's looking pretty sharp. Um, but, yeah, they're not. I, I think he said something like, we're not quite at that stage yet. I think they're at that stage now, <laughs> Steph. You know, that was a couple of months ago. Mitchell so Pierce, Robbie Farah, Benji Marshall. Six. And imagine if that turned them around. Imagine if they started winning games. It would just be incredible. Yeah. Oh. Mm. The Tiger Strikes Back on Netflix next year. I have the Tiger. Mm. Survivor. Mm. Oh, that'd be amazing. Let's make and it then, happen. And then, hey, and then the Fox advert at the beginning, you know? Oh, I know. They've let the Tigers out of the pen. <laughs> Benji, the memories, Robbie. Leichhardt on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> the scoreboard. Oh, that'd be brilliant. All right, Texas is starting to come in in the King Queen of the Ring. We will keep doing that. We've got, we've got one more to do later today. One more to do. So this will keep going. And we've got new listeners joining us at 1 o'clock who are at the Rural Roundup at the moment. So we'll tell them about the voting for that. We'll tell them about the voting for um, the sweep for the league because they need the opportunity to get in as well. So we'll take a break. We'll wrap the hour. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz, getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. I just see that Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki and Greg Popovich have been nominated for the NBA Hall of Fame. And of course, Greg Popovich, did he survive our... our no, he didn't make the Sweet 16. That is the... 
echelon of coaching you need to meet. Not even a nominated Hall of Famer can make the Sweet 16. Um, and I think Kez was okay with that, that one of the greatest NBA coaches of all time didn't make the Sweet 16. And There's got to be an investigation into this. <laughs> and our international reporter, Merkin, uh, currently on an overseas posting in Sydney, has said um, it's been confirmed that the Tigers approached Mitch Pearce. But he's turned them down and said he's happy at Catalans. Thank you, Merkin, our SENZ roving reporter internationally, finding himself at the right place at the right time. Thank you, Merkin. Um, someone else says bring back Benji. I'd love to see Benji have a crack just for two or three games. One step, one flick pass, money well spent. Watch the space, West Tigers. Something's going to happen. If they've gone to Mitch Pierce, something's going to happen. Uh, I have a think. Think, think about what else could happen. We're going to go footballing after the break. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. From lunch through to tea, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Welcome back to Afternoons with Staffy in association with Gull, Gull.nz, the fuel your mission all year round, those champions. And welcome to the folk that have had the Rural Roundup entertainment for that 12 to 1 hour. Uh, just to bring up the new listeners up to speed, we have uh, our rugby league sweepstake, which we run every Thursday. It usually closes off at 1, but we're going to keep it going to 1.30 to allow you guys to get yourselves involved, we want, in the Rugby League, the team that's going to have the smallest winning margin. They have to win, but not by much. So who is that team? What is that margin? And a try scorer from the game. Either side, but it has to be from that game. So double eight, double three. Your name, the team, the margin, and a try scorer from that game. So send that text, and then send in a text for our first matchup in the Sweet 16 of um, the Queen or King of the Ring when it comes to world coaching. So our first two entries are, or combatants, our head-to-heads in the Sweet 16, Arsene Wenger of Arsenal fame goes up against Brendan McCullum. So you can text either Ars or Baz, double eight double three, and then Vince Lombardi takes on Dame Nolene Taurua. So Vince or Dame Knowles, they are the two ones. Wenger or McCullum, Lombardi or Dame Knowles. So that's your text activity for the next half hour. And after that half hour, we'll announce the winner of that matchup and we will close off the sweepstake entry. But welcome into the folk that have been with Rural Roundup. Good to have your company. Now, of course, it's one o'clock in the morning in the, at the moment in the UK. So earlier today... I caught up with Connor Andrews. He's a TalkSport UK football commentator. And here's the chat we had. SENZ. Now we're going to talk some uh, soccer football uh, with Connor Andrews of TalkSport. Connor joins us uh, once again. G'day, Connor. 
Hi, mate. How are you doing? Very well. Um, the last EPL game, it was in March 20, I think. It comes back on Sunday, New Zealand time. What What have you make and, and what do the fans make of the international break? Is it an interruption or is it a rest? How's it, how's it viewed? Um, it depends where you're from, really. I think England are finally starting to join with it now. Now it's... Um, Things actually seem to go our way every time, but uh, yeah, it depends a lot where you're from. I think, um, especially now it's the European qualifiers, they seem a little bit not more necessary than the uh, Nations League, which I don't think anyone's really a fan of. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, looking at a few of the teams, um, Spurs, Antonio Conte, he's parting ways after slinging a bit of stuff at the club and the owners. Um, what's What's going on at Spurs? Well, it's the same thing as always, I think. I think that's the tragedy of it. They're just going to keep going around in circles. I've heard a lot of Spurs fans saying, oh, it'll be different next time. We can't keep experimenting with these winning coaches. But, uh, yeah, I think you have to look at the people above that because, um, it's, yeah, it looks like it's just going to keep happening, sadly. Yeah, yeah, such a good um, historical club. What about Arsenal? I run a pub quiz on a Tuesday night down here, um, and whenever an English Premier League question comes up and Arsenal's the answer, the place goes into raptures. They've been waiting a while again. (laughs) Eight points clear. Is it enough? Ten matches left. Yeah, I think it is. I think you look at the Premier League this year, it's maybe only them and Brighton that actually seem to have a system and be able to follow it. I think, yeah, they only seem seem to be clicking this year, and Man City, I don't know, the Haaland factor is still there, but they just don't look like a team like Arsenal do. I think a few results recently, that 3-2 over Bournemouth and a couple of late wins, I think the mentality's there, and it's just a case of plugging away now. Um, Manchester United. Can they can they stay in the top three? It's a pretty impressive season from the manager so far. Yeah, I think so. I think the top four race is a bit of a um, race to the bottom at the moment. There's not <laughs> that much quality there. And yeah, like I was saying with Arsenal, I think it's a lot to do with the manager and the system. And okay, they're not as fluid and as well-defined as Arsenal, but... I think there at least seems to be a bit of motivation and just wants to play for the manager. Yeah, yeah. Um, another team that has a lot of fans down in New Zealand is Chelsea, but they haven't been able to get away from 10th. Um, do the London faithful still back Potter? Yeah, which I'm a little bit confused about. I think so. when Nagelsmann became available, that was quite an obvious choice, someone who's so good at developing players who are long Managing a squad, he seems like the perfect guy to get the best out of someone like Mikhailo Mudrick. But Chelsea fans seem to be like, oh no, it's not going to happen. We're okay with Potter. <laughs> Which seems quite strange when the last game, I think, was a 2 2 draw with Everton. So I don't know. Uh, they seem happy with it. They seem like at least Todd Bowley's convinced them he's going to stay. Whether that's the right decision, I don't know. We'll have to wait to see. Do they need to go to the bank and get a loan and buy some more players to, to get back up where I, I'm sure they're fans and, and I think uh, football public in general believe Chelsea should be higher than 10th. Do they do they need to go shopping? I think they need a striker, but then that's the history with Chelsea. It never, ever works out. You look at Torres, 
Falcao, Higuain, the list goes on and on and on. I think, yeah, if they can get someone like Victor Osman, it could make a difference. But this is, well, we're going to have to see what happens with Potter. I think the belief is this is a project. We give him time. He'll make it work, but I'm not too convinced. Mm. And what about Newcastle? What a heck of a season for them. Currently in fifth place, but they're only three behind Manchester United. Can they kick on and get even higher? Yeah, I think they're an interesting one. I think the momentum is so much with them. I think they're a team where mentality is so important. Not so much about the manager. I think the players were sort of on this high that we've got the money, we're going to get to the top. The fact we're ahead of schedule, everyone's getting a bit annoyed and we can prey on that. We can be a bit nasty and upset the odds. Whereas I think now the expectation is on them to finish there. They seem to have dropped off a little bit. So it feels kind of inevitable that Liverpool will get there just because, at least in the Premier League, the last five or ten years, the top four has been so well set. But Mm. Liverpool are so unbalanced, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on that one as well. I want to leave the Premier League and talk about probably the most written about team outside of the Premier League is Wrexham, of course, with the Ryan Reynolds, uh, Rob McElhinney ownership. They're on a bit of a tear. Can you can you give us any backstories about Wrexham and, and how they're going this season? Yeah, well, it's the, the thing I find most fascinating is the fact the league's so close. Notts County are three points behind, which is pretty astonishing when I think Wrexham's only lost two games this season. Mm. Um, yeah, the big thing is someone I interviewed recently, Paul Mullin, their striker, he literally can't stop scoring and seems to have the team this mentality that is a sort of like the Newcastle thing they I think in the league they feel like they've got this target on their back and everyone who goes there wants to beat them but they seem to have overcome that and yeah the, if they can get out of the National League obviously it's huge but it's only one automatic promotion so, um, it, I think there's a lot of nerves that if something does start to go wrong it's going to be a little bit of a disaster but it does seem like the owners are in it for the long term and the players too, so yeah, I think that mitigates things slightly. And the landscape changes massively if they get out of that league and into League 2 because it comes pretty much fully-fledged professional then. They're going to have to, I don't know, uh, get the moths out of the wallet, which they already have done, I guess. Uh, and you've just said that the indications are they're in for the long haul. Uh, so if they get promoted to League 2, um, that, is, that is a monster story. Yeah, and a lot of people argue, I think you look at their performances in the um, FA Cup this season, nearly beat Sheffield, uh, Sheffield United, I think they beat Coventry as well. And some of the players like Paul Mullen, Paul Mullen and Ollie Palmer, they are almost a League One team. And I think that the handy thing with League Two is, yeah, similar with only one team being promoted from the National League, only two teams get relegated. So once you're up there, you have a bit of time of era and a bit of a chance to test things and I think it's not only the finances with Reynolds and McElhinney but it's just a huge club I think the ticket sales are always going to keep up there and the history so um, I think once it's done the celebrations are going to be like that seems like they're also going to be very justified too. The feeling around the town must be incredible in Wrexham and give me a geography lesson where exactly is Wrexham? 
So it's North Wales, it's just over the border from Liverpool. So someone like Mullin, he's had to convert his family from this direction. And it's, yeah, I think uh, Rob McElhenney, he's talked about it in the documentary. It was a big, um, he felt a lot of similarities to where he's from, from Philadelphia. Is it a little bit un- under deprived and needed some work done? And um, bowl accounts, it's not just the football club they've helped. The food banks are all stocked. The stadium's being improved. There's a new stand being built. And I think if there was anyone they needed to win over, which I'm not sure they did anyway, they certainly have done by now. Talking to Connor Andrews out of the UK. We were talking about sport in general on the show yesterday, Connor, and um, we were asking listeners to let us know which they thought was the best run sport in the world, whether it's a local bowling club has a tournament or right up to the NFL. The Premier League got a lot of got a lot of votes as the best run, easy to understand. Um, long enough season but one of the things that came up was how much other footballers when you've got Champions League Europa League FA Cup all your other competitions do you you feel like sometimes up there as a follower of football these these too many competitions because it it almost feels like a 52 weeks of the year the blokes up there are playing oh yeah 100% especially with the international breaks I think I think there's so much saturation now. We're almost at a point where it sounds a little bit extreme, but I almost feel like the best teams are one with the least injuries now because it's such so much about squad and there's so much luck involved with injuries. It doesn't matter how much money you spend. If you lose your best three or four players, that's what happens. And I think you look at a team like Liverpool this season with the workload on some of their players, like, Stefan Bajcetic, who came through, he's gone from never playing senior football before to about 10 games in seven weeks, and now he's out for the season with a muscle injury. I think it's just, it certainly is the best run in terms of the entertainment value, but that's, yeah, I think you're completely right. It's certainly detrimental on the players, and I think it's going to end up being detrimental on the fans too. Mm. Yeah, I hope something can be done to arrest it, but there's just there's just so much money and sponsorship involved, isn't there? Oh, 100%, yeah. I think, yeah, the tragedy is it all kicked off with Roman Abramovich in 2004, and I think that was Pandora's box. We look what happened with Man City and Newcastle now and what's probably going to happen with Manchester United. It's... It's a bit of a beast, and um, perhaps the salvation will end up being other leagues like the Bundesliga and leagues that seem to have a bit more control and put the fans first. Maybe there's lessons to be learned there. Well, brilliant, Connor. Enjoyed chatting to you today. Thanks for staying up late for us. I appreciate your time as always. Not at all. Great to speak to you. Uh, welcome back in. Now, Sammy, you were just saying you were just having a catch-up earlier this morning with uh, your friends in the Follow the Formula One. Um, are you excited about the Australian Grand Prix this week? Oh, clearing his throat. Sorry, the, uh, the Toto's Pizza. I just Toto, to, they were fantastic. Not bad, actually, the Toto's Pizza. Nice, long, uh, good corporate sort of work environment pizza. Um, I, well, of all the Grand Prix to go to, I'd love to go to Monaco, obviously, and Australia, because obviously it's just across the ditch. Um, it's talked up as a, as a very, very good Grand Prix to go to. I mean, of course it is. I mean, it's a, it's a good time of year for Australia, right? Not too hot, not too cold. 
um, good track. So yeah, I'm excited about it, Steph. And the, and the best thing of all is that the race is going to be at what, like four o'clock on Sunday afternoon, something like that. Yeah, New Zealand time. Would be you have to wake up in the middle of the night like you do with all the other Grand Prix, except the Bahrain and the. You always told me. I remember you telling me last oh, year. Oh, the, the the US ones, which are generally in the morning, like eight or nine in the morning, and then Japan, I think, is in the afternoon, like six o'clock or something. So, yeah, now looking forward to it. Although Steph, got to admit, um, and, and Formula One fans out there will know, the season is already looking like one of those seasons where just no one catches Red Bull. Um, last year you had the competitiveness of Ferrari pushing them uh, with, with Charles and Carlos, but the Ferrari, we all know that tactically they just got it all wrong. If you watch the latest season of Drive to Survive, you see all the problems that were going on with them. Um, but, you know, Lewis Hamilton said last week um, during the Bahrain, uh, sorry, the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix where Max literally just boosted him on one of the straights, he said, I've never seen a car that much faster than any other car. Even through the years where they won seven titles in a row, their car was never as fast as the Red Bull car is at the moment. So it's, it's almost unbeatable. And you even said when you talked to, I think, Pops or Mo the other day, Max is at like a dollar, whatever, dollar ten to, to win, whatever it is at. Dollar thirty six. He basically so. wins or doesn't finish. Correct. Although he obviously came second to Sergio um, in Saudi Arabia, but the sentiment being that it's either going to be Max or Sergio. Um, yeah, which which I guess doesn't make it exciting in that regard. Um, what's probably more exciting is the ones that aren't going to be at the top, aren't going to be one and two, which is, you know, Aston Martin randomly stepping up and Fernando Alonso winding back the clock big time. Um, you know, George Russell was, is outperforming Lewis Hamilton and then, you know, the battle of the midfield with the McLarens and the Alpines and the, Al- you know, all those ones coming through. So um, it'll, be, it'll be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch. And and you probably do want a little bit of drama, like maybe, you know, Max does crash in qualifying or something, and and you know starts further down the grid or because he had to do that last time, didn't he? Was it in Max? Melbourne? No, no, no. Their last Grand Prix didn't. Yeah, one he, of them he started. Like 15, I think fifteenth. I think he started in fifteenth. Worked his way up to second. I mean, there you go. Shows how much of a freak he is. Um, you, Charles Leclerc was the man who took out the Melbourne Grand Prix last year, um, and that was when things were very competitive. But. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be as competitive this year, staff, to be honest. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the excitement will be in the midfield. Fantastic. Yeah. You watch it, wouldn't you? Yeah, I probably will on Sunday. Yeah. I probably I tell you, will. It's, the race is at 5 p.m. Oh, on perfect. Sunday. Perfect. And you watch the race, probably about an hour, an hour and a half, so you can watch the race for the first hour, switch over to the Rugby League on SENZ. Well, have it on Sky, SENZ commentary in the background, staff, and, uh, and dual screen it. Warriors. Are you doing the Warriors game? Yeah, yeah, we're doing it yep, nice. on Sunday. Yep. Um, I'll tell you what I won't watch, and I'm sort of being forced to at the moment. ESPN2 at the moment have live AEW, which is that um, wrestling with acting. Um, it started at 1 o'clock, and two guys, uh, there was the champion, because I know he's the champion because he had a belt around him, but he was in civvy clothes, Burberry scarf around his neck, sunglasses tucked into his... Uh, business shirt and then a wrestler um, staff member uh, came out into the ring and they stood in the ring for 12 minutes talking to each other with microphones mm, okay. pa- packed stadium yeah. I couldn't hear what they're saying because everything's on mutiny and they're just talking and talking and talking and on what and then it started arguing and then they had 
a pretend fight. Um, they weren't even good pretenders. Like the oh. kick to the guts just was was not even hitting. And then he eye gouged him, ran out, went up halfway up the ramp, was yelling at the ring. He's yelling back at him. So we're 26 minutes into the broadcast, no fights yet. Well, I've just got to pause you there, Staff, because you're, you're stomping all over, um, I'm going to say, a sport, a league that Captain K is very invested and he's blowing up here sitting next to me as you talk about the, the lack or the, the poor eye gouging. And he knows the names of the fighters, don't you, kids? And you probably do know what fight we're talking about here. So in the Burberry scarf, his name is MJF. And he's like the notorious he's from uh, the major joke cool factory. guy of, of world wrestling. Okay. okay, So that's his sort of style. And he, he usually wrestles. When he wrestles, he has his hands in his pockets and that sort of stuff. You know, he's too cool for school. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Stevie. Please uh, refrain from the sort of derogatory acting uh, <laughs> words that you're using there. It's uh, wait, it's hold on. Are you saying that they act? Well, they pretend to kick each other and punch each other. Pretend. Really? Mm. It's not. Re- it's not like UFC in a ring. No. No, they're in a ring. They're you've in blo- a ring. You've just blown my mind, and you've just ruined my childhood. But the amazing thing was, so they had this. <laughs> fight, pretend, you know, they had this thing on the ground and one ran out. Then they crossed to the commentators. Okay. And they're sitting in these big leather lazy boy chairs behind a desk mm-hmm. and the middle commentator's wearing a mask. So I'm, I'm imagining Lucha he's Libre. A, okay, so he's a former fighter and no one needs wants to know who he is or something. He's got like a child's mask on. Oh, I so said not like a COVID mask. No, 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 like a full oh, full face mask. Pretend like um, V for, is for Vic, uh, Vindictive, whatever that movie was. Yeah. And then they leave there, and I haven't got any sound, and they cross to backstage, and there's a guy back in the dressing room. Um, looks like Les Nessman from WKRP in Cincinnati, uh, interviewing a guy who's having, having his elbow wrapped. So we're half an hour into the broadcast, and there hasn't been a fight. Cutting yeah, promos. I- so you cut promos. So usually how a week's show would go is you spend majority of it cutting promos, so trying to build up the big fight. So MJF will be fighting, that guy with the Burberry scarf, he will be fighting someone on a in a main event, on like a big one. So like a WrestleMania, right? But, Steph, so. but, but people are in this stadium, they're in this auditorium. Though The show started half an hour ago and there hasn't been a fight yet. It's but just maybe, been two guys but having maybe an it's argument. like when you go watch Hamilton, you know, at... at uh RTS Centre order. You know, that's like watching a play. It's just you're watching drama play out in front of your eyes. You're but building up, aren't you? So, like, if, if, say, it's Sammy and I, the wrestlers, and we go into the ring and we spend 10 minutes talking about our fight that's coming up in three weeks, like, wrestling fans, we, we love that sort of stuff because you're building the tension. You want to see them fight so bad. Mm. And then maybe at the end of the promo, I might kick Sam in the chest or something, and then you get a big pop from the crowd, right? So it's just building that tension and keeping it going. So the, <laughs> the, the matches, staff aren't actually the, no. the main events of, of okay. what wrestling is about. So here's an idea. Mm. Here's an idea. Um, before the big rugby game this week, sort of half an hour before the game starts, let's bring out Sam Kane and Sia Khaleesi on halfway, give them a microphone each, and they can talk about how they're going to play each other at the World Cup. Isn't that exactly what happens? <laughs> Oh my god! I'd love to see that. They'd fire up at each other, wouldn't you? You'd want to. You'd really want to go watch that match, wouldn't you? Imagine you, if they did that before Blues Crusaders. Do you genuinely, honestly like those wrestlers argue, pretending to argue, then pretending to fight, and then pretending to hate each other for half? Do you genuinely like okay, that, Steph? Do you like Peaky Blinders, where people are pretending to be from the nineteen twenties and and they're pretending that they that they, they went <laughs> through those things? That they're, they're, they're pretending, you know. So what's the difference? It's entertainment, isn't it? Well, Peaky Blinders is entertaining. 
Well, that's just one man's opinion. I just I was watching the people in the crowd watch us, and they're just sitting there watching these two guys talk. I was I just find look, it mind blowing. Look, I, wrestling is never registered for me. I don't poo poo the people there because yeah, you know, very passionate fans as Captain K is, but I, it just never clicked me for pretty much the exact reason you said. I don't know how I could watch something. That is just sort of it is all fake. I mean, at least with UFC, you get fake stuff in the background, but then the fighting's real, right? Yeah. So you get Conor McGregor, whoever it is, they talk and smack, and it's all you know, it's all just promo stuff, but it's entertaining, it's funny. Then they actually fight. Mm. Whereas here, I just don't get the whole like fakeness build up and then the fakeness action. It's a little bit too far for me. And there's a script; they know what's going to happen, who has to win. Well, unless it's the Montreal, what is it, the screw, (laughs) screw job, Montreal screw job? That's the one where they went off script. Oh, did they? Yeah. That's a, oh, you should look that up. That's a good 30 for 30. <laughs> yeah. Uh, quick question from Sean. Sam, how hard is it to commentate commentating off the TV rather than being at the stadium? Um, well, I mean, I think any commentator will tell you that it's obviously a lot better to be at the ground. Um, I, I always take the point from Ray Warren, which is um, you ride the crowd. Like, if the crowd doesn't get excited, you don't get excited, you know? Mm. You don't start going up and, and off if no one's getting up out of their seats. Um, and so with that, a live crowd is a lot better. But TV, yeah, you, there's all sorts of things there. You know, you're not – sometimes you don't quite hear – properly what's going on if, if you're not getting your ref feed um, you don't obviously get as much of a crowd um, sort of excitement from it and, and I saw some comments from some of the Fox people um, after one of the Fox League calls on the weekend where they saw um, Dan uh, Ganane or Janane um, calling it in the in the booth off a screen he was calling off a screen everyone's saying what like if you're going to call it off a screen why don't you just do it at a studio why are you even at the ground and just you know once again having the crowd there does add something to your you know, to your voice and to your excitement and how you call it. Um, and the Sean Johnson one was a good example, obviously, where I almost lost control of myself because, as did most of the fans. Mm. Um, but, yeah, but but it's fine. No, I do enjoy it still calling it regardless. It's it's still a lot of fun. Um, and it, you can do it off the TV. It's, it's you not, can. Yeah. You can. All right. Um, here's a guy that doesn't do it off TV, does it off the cuff. John McNeil, News. Yes, the WWF have Randy the Macho Man Savage and the TAB has Brendan the Macho Man Popplewell. Pops, welcome in. <laughs> yes, uh, you know, I'm one of the Bushwhackers uh, fans, that's for sure. <laughs> They're staffy. Of course, Kiwi boys, aren't they, the Bushwhackers? So um, yep. they were really good fake wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> You've got Captain K's head in his hands again. It's, it's, I, I, I'm too scared to tell him Santa Claus isn't real either. Um, <laughs> now, you sound like you're in the vehicle. Where are you off to? I've just actually just come back from uh, the Auckland studio, so I've just made my way back to the, the mighty Tron, so I was about five minutes away from home, so I just needed to be sure that I was in a good spot to maybe have it all set up and ready to go. So, yeah. Beautiful day in the Tron. Beautiful day in the Tron. Right, I don't know if you've got your laptop up and ready, but it's a compulsory this week for me. I'm doing Chiefs Blues Watch. Um, I want to see who's getting back the most, who's favoured by the punters to get this one, because they're both paying, you know, equitable amounts. Yeah, look, to be honest with you, Steph, things haven't changed a lot over the week. You know, we've seen money both ways in this match uh, currently, so we haven't seen an enormous shift in the marketplace. Chiefs 177 uh, and Blues 210. 
look, we've even seen money sort of floating around that draw as well. Where we have seen the action, it has been in the winning team in margin, where we've seen both the Blues options of 270 and 280 on the 1 to 12. Uh, so Chiefs 1 to 12. Uh, 270 and the Blues 1 to 12 at $2.80 with the expectation that it's going to be a tight match. So, yeah, I can't really relay too much more than what we can. We all know it's going to be a good game. It's tight betting, 177, 210. So, I guess we we'll might see a little bit more through the next 24 hours or so as we get closer to the game. So, um, yeah, nothing more, really. What about the Warriors fans crossing their fingers that this. Winning streak can continue. Big game against mm. Nico Hines. <laughs> it is. It certainly is. Boy, those that had Nico Hines in their fantasy team will be very happy too if they made him captain. Uh, but uh, yes, Nico Hines had an outstanding game, didn't he? Uh, look, against a team that's, that's one of the favourites for the wooden spoon, let's just not get, just remember that as well because the Dragons have been towed up in their last two games. But Nico Hines was exceptional. Uh, we've taken a big bet on the Cronulla Sharks in the point start region, actually, in the minus 10.5. We've taken a $10,000 bet uh, on, on that particular option. So that's, that's a large outlay against the Warriors. But overall, our Warriors punters are in force in the head-to-head market. We've, we've seen a very good push, and around about 65 to 70% of our head-to-head money at this stage is on the Warriors. And... Of course, they are at a backable price. It's sort of that 330 zone, so that's why we are seeing them. Uh, you know, 350, should I say, is a very backable price for Warriors supporters. We're also seeing money around to score a try. This is a, a, a ultra popular uh, betting option when the Warriors are playing. There's always a game where you'll get support for a number of players. Last week. Sean Johnson was out the gate in terms of being the best back to score a try option. And they nailed it because, of course, he scored an important try uh, to get the Warriors' nose in front. He was at $5. He got backed into around that $4 mark uh, with Sean Johnson. Uh, And, again, we're seeing some money for him at around that $6 mark. Uh, He's taken it to the line. He's been terrific so far uh, in season 2023. And Montoya at $2.10 is taking some money too. And Wade Egan, uh, of course, was out with concussion last week. He has scored... Uh, in uh, two of the last three games is Wade Egan. He's $5.50. We've seen a little bit of money floating around him uh, for two score a try. Just on the game tonight, staff, too, because the Roosters, this is about 85% of our head-to-head money is all on the Roosters here. Uh, we have uh, very strong support for them at $1.52 uh, to beat the uh, Parramatta play on Thursday Eels. Uh, at 2:45, because so far in the last, oh, was it? What are we at? Around five. They played on nearly every every Thursday night game of the Parramatta mm. Eels. But the Roosters, boy, there's some money for them coming off the back of the bye. And the power play that punters want to get into is the boosted power play. Daniel Tupo and Micah Sebo to both score a try at four dollars and fifty cents. Uh, we're taking a bath on that. Oof. All right, uh, Pops, very last thing. There's uh, live wrestling on uh, ESPN at the moment. Any reason you don't do betting on that? <laughs> <laughs> Gee, if we had the script, i tell you what, we would... Um... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look, that's the beauty of sport, is it not? Because it's unscripted. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, I heard your discussion uh, around that. And each to their own. Uh, look, everyone has their guilty pleasures. I don't mind watching a little bit of Love Island or a little bit of Treasure Island or anything like that. And if those love a little bit of uh, 
little bit of that wrestling. We'll go for gold. Get involved. All right. All right. You've saved yourself. Save yourself. Thanks, Pops. Good man. <laughs> yeah, man. All good. Thanks, David. Cheers, buddy. TAB.co.nz or the app. We're 40 minutes into the show. Still hasn't been a fight. Um, in the in the news break, uh, they went backstage again interviewing a fighter. Then he got assaulted by three men who put him on the ground unconscious. And then the guy that did that assaulted the interviewer who then burst a cochineal capsule against his head and he was um, supposed to look like he was bleeding. And now they're just introducing, it looks like, the first fight. A man in fake leather leotards, he's getting roundly booed. His name's Jeff Cobb, remember the name, in a black and <laughs> green horrific <laughs> leotard. Uh, and he's going to be fighting a guy who's also wearing a belt, who's going to be interviewed just before he goes on. It's such a farce. I'm sorry. Oh, 800. Um, what are we doing now, Sarah? This is just ridiculous. Um, we'll take a break and we'll find out uh, what is making news, shall we, after the break. Righto. It's the bracket time, finding uh, the queen or king of the ring when it comes to coaching. Martin sent a text saying, Staffy, I can't always listen, but great coach of all time. How did Baz get on that list? As much as we love him, he's only coached a couple of test matches. Far more people have achieved a lot more. Let's wait 20 years to see what Baz has achieved. So, Martin, I accept, I appreciate you having been listening. We asked for nominations. The 32 coaches that got the most nominations went into the playoffs. And where did Baz come in the seedings 1 to 32, Sammy? Where did who, sorry? Baz. Where, he was, uh, 20 he was 27th, so pretty, yeah, pretty high. Low. Well, Fun. high high ranking. Low on the, one's high because it's at the top, and then 32's at the bottom. Yeah, well, you know what I mean, high number, bad ranking. Poor ranking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he's up against Arsene Finger. Actually, we're going to do results now. Arsene Finger. Baz McCullum, give me the results. Samuel Hewitt. Uh, Staff, uh, upset. Upset alert. Upset alert. not going to be happy here? Uh, No. No, Martin will certainly not be happy because uh, our very own Brendan McCullum has made his way through to the Elite Eight. (laughs) He's gotten through from the Western Conference. He's beaten Arsene Wenger, which, yeah, that'll ruffle, ruffle a few feathers. It may even compromise the cre- credibility of this entire segment, Mark. <laughs> but uh, he's made it through regardless. And hey, listen, the-, the listeners vote. We have to listen. Yeah. It's democratic. And in the Eastern Conference, Vince Lombardi up against Dame Noling Todor, and Dame Noling Todor has stuck true to her seventh seed. She is through to the Elite Eight. So we have two Kiwis. They're the first ones through to the Elite Eight, Mark. Righto. I just want to... I'm just scared to see how Jimmy Smith, when he sees the results, you know, from a from a non-New Zealander, <laughs> if uh, it's going to compromise, you know, like I said, our credibility. We'll wait and see. Mm. I got a. Um, oh, I forgot we've got to announce the next matchup. Next one, just before you do, I just yeah. got a text from um, Kez Bingham, and he says, "I agree with Captain K. What a top tier human he is." Oh, I wonder if he's related. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if Kieran Bingham's the same as Kieran Bingham. Um, and then he says. Are you saying, oh, this is Mark, are you saying WDF isn't, WWF isn't real? Oh, my God. Followed up with, uh, if you're trying to say Sandra isn't true, I'm changing stations. Well, the WWF is definitely real. Yeah. Because they save pandas. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, wrestling, who knows? Well, I, my mind's been blown. Mm. Um, okay, next matchup for, and this is the last matchup for today, and then we'll have two uh, 
well, four more tomorrow. So in the Western Conference, uh, by the way, we've got a lot of sirs in the matchups today. Uh, Sir Graham Henry, who is the eighth seed, going up against Chris Waller, the 23rd seed. Whoa. It's a big matchup, that one, actually. Mm. Didn't really think about that, but given the support Rugby for Chris racing. Waller. Rugby and then uh, in the Eastern Conference, Sir Fred Allen going up against, he's the ninth seed, going up against Sir Graham Lowe, the fifth oh. seed. So a lot of sirs there. You've got Sir Graham Henry, Sir Graham Lowe, Sir Fred Allen, Chris Waller. So Chris Waller through. will be a sir eventually. So text through Henry or Waller, Allen or Lowe. Two names. What were the seedings of Fred Allen and Graham Lowe? Uh, nine plays five. Ooh. Mm, yeah, tight. A couple of single figures. Yep, tight. All righty. All righty. Get those texts in, double eight, double three. Um, and we've closed off the entries for the sweepstake in the NRL. Good spread of teams. Very good spread of teams. Um, but get those votes in for the double eight, double threes. Should we take a break and find out what's making news? Should we do what's making news now? We'll take a break. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz, getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, I've I've just just been handed an urgent and and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world. Uh, first story of what's making news, Scott, I just but uh, Jeff Cobb, he had the whole ring to have his fight in. Okay. He just climbed up the turnbuckle thing in the corner when he's got the whole ring, lifted the other guy up onto his shoulder, and they both fell off. Oh. Just terrible strategy. Okay. And what, they both got knocked out or something? Yeah, and now they? they're just both on the ground. They can't get up. Lying I feel, around. I feel so bad Writhing. Yeah, um, really Well, hurt. I want to tell you something that I was watching on another screen in your studio, and that is a replay of the West Indies South Africa T20. Sorry, <clears throat> the KFC T20 uh, between South Africa and the West Indies. And the reason why I bring that up is because before the game, they had a KFC drone, like all, you know, advertised KFC drone, fly in, land on like a box in the pitch. The umpire walks up. big KFC box. Big KFC box. The umpire on the pitch walks up to the box, grabs out a KFC cup that you would, you know, fill up with Coca-Cola, and inside the cup is the ball, the match ball. He pours it into his hands, holds it up, and then the, the game begins. <laughs> and I just think, if that's not the most shameless promotion of a brand in a cricket match, I don't know what is. On this KFC bucket hats in the crowd, KFC stumps and bales. I'll tell you what, we're talking about it, Steph. Mm. So, job done for KFC. Hey, what else is making news around the world? How about a high school freshman? So when we say high school freshman, we're 14 years old, right? They do four years of high school over there. Right. Um, they start when they're 14 years old. So he's 14 years old. His name's Eric Kilburn Jr. He goes to Goodrich High School in Michigan. Staff- Everything so far is so American. Yep. He is a freshman and he is six foot ten. Oh my god. With size 23 feet, and he's 14 years old. Me oh my. Yep. And he uh, signed him already. He plays it. He's a defensive tackle. The problem is he goes by the name Big E, by the way. Biggie, um, he uh, has been without cleats for a number of years because obviously no one can provide him with a size 23. Um, but the story um, here is that uh, Under Armour have come to the party and built a custom size 23 shoe for uh, Eric and uh, he'll be able to play this year for Goodrich High School. And I just brought it up because 6 foot 10, 23, uh, size 23 at 14 years of old, uh, age sounds like they weren't counting as you know, when he was born, they didn't count his birthday until he was like five years old. You know, that old. And at 14, you're still growing. Correct. Yeah, he might have a couple Jesus. of shoes. He might go through a few pairs in the next 12 he months. Should, he should do water Robert skiing. Downey Jr., hmm? an eBay user, is claiming 
they've got a hold of Robert Downey Jr.'s used chewing gum when he appeared uh, at John Favreau's Hollywood Walk of Fame ceremony last month. He you know, chews the gum, he, Robert Downey Jr. Claims that he got the piece of the gum and has put it on eBay, starting bid, $40,000. No bids. No, it's got one bid. Well, it's actually got a couple of bids. They're, they're saying it's probably going to go higher. Don't know how you verify it, to be honest. Do you like ring up Robert and say, "Is this yours? Was, was this yours? Can we get some saliva tested or something?" Get I don't a know. DNA tested. Um, a Florida man arrested after slapping woman across the face with a slice of pizza. <laughs> we had pizza today, so that's very topical. Uh, a man is facing domestic violence charges after allegedly slapping a woman in the face with a slice of pizza. Marion County deputies responded to a at-home call on nine one one, and when they arrived, they met, were met with a thirty nine year old. Otello Lazaro Alfonso. So he sounds like he'd he be, probably he, made the he probably pizza. made the pizza himself. Uh, according to a probable cause affidavit, Alonso said he got into a verbal argument with a woman where he did uh, slap her on the left side of her face with pizza. <sighs> Wonder if any of it got in her mouth and if it was tasty. Finally, uh, before I'm rudely cut off, uh, <laughs> a woman is suing the lottery after she scanned her scratch and win ticket and all the lights came up saying she had won a million bucks. But on the Tiller's side, it said she had only won 10. And the company's policy is that they pay, they pay the low amount. So they say you only got 10 bucks. She said, well, the site, the screen says I got a million. They said, well, our thing says you got 10. So she's taken it to court. And I'll let you know how that goes. Oh, please follow that one up. Let's get her on the show. Oh, I've got such a good fact for you. It's so good. Can, I'm going to have to wait till after two, I think. We'll save it. We'll ju- just tease it. Okay. Give me a subject. Polar bears. What colour are polar bears? Uh, Cal- come on. What colour are polar bears, The Dad? black with white. No, yeah. no. What colour are polar bears? White. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. From lunch through to tea, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. I'm going to take a stab in the dark. That tune's out of West Auckland. I'm just going to have... It's got a bit of West Auckland Ooh, vibe. Oh, Kevin Westy. Who is it? Kez, this is your bread and butter. It is actually out of West Auckland. It is, is from it? a Messiah band. And my mate plays the bass. Oh, for this oh. band. He's a little bass player. Have you got a bit of nepotism? It's so funny. He's He looks like a Beatle, right? Like like from the Beatles. So if you go and watch the video and he's just strumming away on the bass with his long, curly, blonde hair, it's quite a good watch. Messiah Slap band. Slap it a man. Slap it a Yeah, tune. Um, polar bears. Yep. So excited about this. Polar bears now. Was I right? You the, think they're white? No, they've got black skin. Nah, but you think they're white though. Yeah, they, they yeah. They got white fur. Yeah. I've seen yellow ones actually. Okay, but what color's the fur? White. Right. Or yellow. Mm. <laughs> Neither though, as you as you might have guessed. Um the color of a polar bear's fur, Steph, mm. is translucent. That's right. It is translucent. It's hollow and clear. So actually what happens is the light hits it, gets trapped inside, the because obviously fur is thicker than here, so it gets trapped inside it. 
bounces around, bounces around, then shines back out, and it makes it appear as white. Because you're right, they're, they're black-skinned, but this uh, translucent fur, and what happens is they'll get little bits of salt, little bits of dirt in it, etc., and that makes it bounce around at different angles, which is why some of them sort of appear yellowy at times. Mm. But how about that? So Their it takes fur, on the colour of its environment. Essentially, yeah, the snow. bounces off the snow. So the yellow ones, the yellow polar bears, probably from the Sahara Desert or something. Yeah, or they just peed before they... <laughs> <laughs> before the photo got taken. Big feet of custard. But, but what, what actually I find interesting is um, when they're swimming, they still look right, uh, white. So how does that work? Because there's obviously no snow around when they're swimming, but yeah, but I'm just fascinated that it's it's sort of translucent fur that the light just gets caught in and bounces out. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that a fact? That's a fact. Oh, that's a fact. Yesterday, owls. Today, polar bears. There's an animal theme. Animals. Mm. And I I also talked talked about Randy. So that's actually the third animal one we've had this week. Mm. Randy, the raunchy guinea pig. Mm. Yeah. Sammy Hewitt bringing you the facts of the day. Just amazing. Very shortly, we're going to talk to. Tony Johnson out of Sky Sports, wonderful rugby commentator, as we do on Thursdays. Any questions for TJ, actually? Let's do that. If you've got any questions, text them through on double eight double three, and I'll get them to him before we wind up. But you will have to get them in. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm looking for pronto. Get them in pronto on double eight double three. Anything around the rugby scene that you would... Like me to put to TJ, more than happy to do it on your behalf. Uh, good old round this week. Uh, obviously, the big game is the Chiefs and the Blues, but there's some there's some interesting ones there as well. Um, Reds hosting Crusaders, so they have to travel. A local derby in Australia, Brumbies, Waratahs, Hurricanes, and Palmy North. Very, very short favourites against the Force. But he joins us now as I say, voice of Sky Sport Rugby, Tony Johnson. TJ, welcome in. Hey, Steffi. Um, before we talk about the games, um, there's been some interesting stats come out from uh, New Zealand rugby about um, ball and play, actual time and play. What have you made of those? Yeah, it's more about uh, time not spent fluffing around, I think, is probably <laughs> to, to The official title. Take. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's my take on it. The games are, are taking quite a, a significant amount less time to complete. Uh, I, th- I think the official average match duration has come down from 98 minutes last year to just under 92. So you're talking about matches taking seven minutes less to play. And the, the reason for that is because they've taken so much dead time out of the game, the way they've sped it up. Uh, you, you're talking about, um, you know, time spent um, waiting for forwards to arrive at, at scrum or a line-out. They've taken almost a minute per game off, uh, you know, time less spent fluffing around over yellow and red cards with the new process with, you know, yellow card everyone, then figure out what, what was going on, whether it's a red or not. Um, a minute less per game waiting for teams to restart. Um, 45 seconds less spent on subs. Um, you know, th- th- these all add up and they're also claiming that it's seen more points per game uh, and, and it has gone up quite significantly. Average points per match have gone up from 53 to 61 points. I'm not sure you can attribute that totally to the new you know, laws designed to speed things up. I, I think there's been a few mismatches, um, but it could be a factor in that. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the ball is actually in play a whole lot more, although I believe it, but, you know, it is up. That the amount of time the ball is in play 
is up. But what it means is that the games aren't dragging out so much. Mm. And, and that's got to be good. I think it creates the perception of a, of a faster game, of more action. But as I say, a whole lot less fluffing around. So I, I think they can pat themselves on the back. I think not only were these a good idea, but they've been really well managed. And I think the teams have bought into them as well. And we're not seeing all these endless stoppages for for feigned injuries and shed meetings before every line out and stuff. It's got to be good. Um, this could be a very quick answer. If it's not, could be longer. Uh, Mikey asked, did TJ hear the interview yesterday with David Moffat? I did. I don't know whether you did or not. No. No, okay, so you can't comment on it. <laughs> I've got better things to do than listen to David Moffat. <laughs> I tell you what, it was quite well received, I must say. did speak with a bit of clarity, yeah. but anyway, no, we'll move sorry, on. Sorry, mate. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've heard everything I ever need to hear about you know, David Moffat. He was a very successful CEO, but, but he's just, yeah, yeah, he, he's got a lot to say about it, the game. He's been out of it for quite a long time. But, yeah, he always, always raises some headlines, doesn't he? He sure does. Um, do you know anything about an injury update with Will George? Jordan. Uh, I know he was training with the team, um, oh, uh, but whether that means he's ready to come back and play now, I don't know. All right. Chris. I know he's been. At, you know, the main thing is, you know, he's been seen at, at training. I, I don't know whether he's in full training or anything. Um, I'm not really over the top. I hope he's back soon. Here's an interesting one, TJ. You're not a big betting man, uh, but it says, hey, TJ, what's a good tip for, we have a segment called Show Me The Money where a listener joins us and we try and win some money for them. What's a good tip for Show Me The Money, TJ? I've got an idea, but I'm interested in yours. That's from Craig. Well, I'd like to, tell me what his idea is. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. I I, I don't know. I always used to think that a a line-out for the first stop and play was always quite a good bet. Oh, there you go. But I don't know whether that's the case anymore. You know, teams used to kick off, they'd kick deep, and, and, the, and the other team would put it, you know, maybe go a couple of phases and put it into touch. And that, that was always the one that I sort of looked at um, as, as, you know, um, the first stoppage in play. But, yeah, you know, I, I don't... I don't I don't even bet on horses. I used to bet on horses quite a bit, but I don't, I don't really bet, so I, mm. I, I don't, I'm not sure that I'm going to be much help. More questions from the listeners. I'm liking this one from Ted. TJ, if the World Cup final was played this weekend with the All Blacks playing, who would be the starting halfback on current form? I think that's two questions. Who would be the halfback in the World Cup final? Uh, and who's the Aaron be- Smith. Be Aaron Smith. Who's the best halfback on current form in Super Rugby, in your mind? Um, well... I, th- I think there's a few of them playing. Well, I, I mean, I really like um, Finley Christie, his speed to the, the, the breakdown, his ability to get the ball away. Uh, I've, I've always liked that about him. Um, I think Brad Weber, obviously, is playing really well. Uh, I've, uh, Cam Roygaard is, is really catching the eye. I, I love his, his strength, his willingness to have a go around the fringe. Um, but, but, I mean, the, the, you know, the, the question is... Um, who would be the, the guy? If, if, if Aaron Smith is, is still, you know, their number one guy, but to me, it, there's an interesting battle going on there. What it means is that when Aaron Smith does step aside, I think there's going to, there's a fair bit coming up behind him, which is great. Mm. One from Josh says, "Hi TJ, <clears throat> I'm a massive Hurricanes fan. Really stoked with how they're going, but they haven't played much yet, apart from the loss to the Blues. Should I be happy over the moon, or should I be cautious? You should be happy." They're in second place on the table. They're four points behind the Chiefs. They've played uh, five, one, four, lost one. 
and you know you can only play what's in front of you mm. and i think they're building some nice momentum i think they're playing a good brand of rugby they're getting really good value out of their key players and and others are sort of emerging as well be happy <laughs> perfect don't worry don't, don't 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 worry about getting worried you know yeah that's fair that's fair because you might be wasted negative energy um uh, the biggest match of the weekend for us here in new zealand is the chiefs against the blues it is in hamilton there will be a big crowd it is a must-watch game of, of rugby, 7 o'clock Saturday night. Real hard to split. Uh, yeah, I think the Chiefs have got to be favourite, Staffy. Um, Blues kind of, with a very much understrength team last week, kind of muddled their way to a win at Eden Park. It was a bit of a shame, really. You got a, a, you know, a Sunday afternoon. I know there was a major counter-attraction, well, two, weren't there, because you had, uh, obviously, the Warriors, but there were the V8s on as well, and um, you know, just just on, on on the side, whose bright idea was it to play a one day cricket international at Eden Park on the same day that the, all the club finals in cricket were being held around the city? That was really clever. That was, oh, you know, I know. Anyone involved in any way in club cricket was occupied. So yeah, congratulations, great call. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> can um, I just say I've, I've often thought we've got ministers of everything in Parliament. I think we need a minister of sports scheduling because you're right with that one. And then the Blues, the Warriors, and the Mystics all played at the same time in Auckland. Yeah, um, you, you feel like sort of banging heads together. But if you can't do that, could you at least sort of get everyone together and actually sort of sit down around a table and say, look. We're really all in this together. We're mm. in the business of getting people along to watch sporting events. We may think we're competing with each other, but actually the world would be a better place if we actually sat down and figured out and, and do what they'd do in Melbourne. We, you'd make it so that fans could come to the city for the weekend and watch a bit of everything or watch of the, of, of the five things that were on, at least get to see three, of, uh, four, three or four of them. Mm. But no, 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 we've got to put them all at the same time. Um, so we left that Chiefs Blues game quite quickly. So you think the Blues and uh, oh, sorry, the right, Chiefs in a narrow one? Yeah. Look, mate. Yeah, look, the Chiefs to me, um, for for a start, um, they've been helped, and I don't want to put any mockers on them, but their injury toll uh, compared to say the Blues and the Crusaders at the moment, they're, they're trucking along pretty nicely, and they've got great depth anyway. At home, uh, the form they're in, they've you know they've done their bit. They've rested some players. Uh, Blues will be a lot stronger. They should be much stronger than they were last week in terms of who, who runs out onto the field. But uh, look, I, this is a really important game uh, for both of these teams. The Chiefs want to keep the momentum going. They want to cash in on another home crowd, a, a chance maybe for them, uh, you know, to, to at least maintain, if not stretch, their lead. Um, but the Blues, yeah, they're, they're on a three-win, two-loss situation down in fourth place. Um, you know, they, they could really do with the win here. So plenty on it. But I, I just think the Chiefs at home, uh, given the strength of their roster, of their active roster at the moment, I, I'd have to um, back them to win the game. Pretty important match uh, for the Highlanders going, taking on Moana Pacifica. The Highlanders have had uh, two wins. I think they were against the Drua and the Force. Uh, Moana Pacifica yet to see the chequered flag first. Yeah, um, and it's turning into a pretty tough season for Moana. I mean, they've been in a situation with a couple of games they could have, should have, would have, or whatever, won, won but that it hasn't happened. Hurricanes bouncing back a bit. Uh, sorry, Highlanders bouncing back a bit. I mean, they had a pretty tough um, three games to start, and, and they've 
managed to pick up a couple. They've got themselves inside the eight, um, just ahead of the Fijian Brewers, so they'll, they'll want to stay there. Um, now, nah, I, I, Highlanders, I, I think, you know, when, when you look at how they, they also cope with some incredible disruption before the game last week, you hope to hit they don't come through that, but um, I, I, you'd have to pick them, wouldn't you? I think so. I think so. Um, there's more questions here. Uh, da, 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 da. Here's this one. Okay. With Sevu Reese gone, um, should we be concerned if we got enough depth given that Will Jordan is probably 50 50 to make the World Cup? Well, I don't know whether he's 50 50 to make the World Cup um, at all. I don't think anyone's saying that, are they? I think there's just got a bit of an ongoing issue that, that they've got to get sorted out. Um, but look, you know, there's plenty of form there. Um, and, and again, this is that we're worried. Should we be worried? What can we worry about? Um, I wouldn't be worried if, if, if this your the, the person who's um, um, sent this message in has been watching, he would have seen Mark Talia, who's been absolutely lights out as a right winger. Mm. Sean Stevenson, who, although he's been playing fullback, we know he's a very good right winger. Um, and I'm sure that, um, you know, that Will Jordan, they'll get on top of this issue. I mean, still several months to go. So I think the problem with right wing is more going to be who they're going to leave out than mm. who, who's available, who's ready to go. And the last question before we'll uh, bid you adieu is someone wants a comment on Brad Shields returning to Super Rugby next year. Yeah, it's look, it's a good situation, really, where a guy who's been away, he's, he's achieved a lot, uh, you know, became an England international um, and, you know, good on him for taking that opportunity. He, he wasn't treated particularly uh, well, I, I didn't think. But, you know, he, he comes to Adi Savia going, of course. Um, he's going to be in Japan next year. So that just brings back some um, real experience, hard-bitten experience. He's a tremendous player <clears throat> and also, you know, leadership. Uh, he's not he's not Adi Savia. Um, no one is, but when you think about, you know, how good uh, Duplessis Karifi is, you've got two or three other, you know, promising loose forwards in the mix there. You bring back this guy with all his experience. I, I think it's a smart acquisition. I do too. I'm looking forward to him returning. Um, oh, actually, one more before we go. Does Roger need to move to the wing, given now that Sevi Reese is out? Uh, well, I'm, I'm not sure what the plan is there. I mean, he, he's actually started out looking pretty well, but the, the problem is with Roger is that he's going to be out himself for a wee while because he's got a bit of an injury. And so time is very much the enemy there. I thought he's looked, and what we've seen of him this year, he's actually looked better than he looked last year and, and to the point where, you know, not out of the frame. Um, I've always thought, you know, that I would have loved to have seen him start out on the wing or at fullback, although he doesn't necessarily, people keep pointing out, doesn't necessarily have the kicking game for a fullback. But as, as a winger, I would have, you know, I'd love to have seen him a bit more. But, um, yeah, I, I, will, what people actually want to see happen, what will actually happen, never quite the same thing, are they? I, I think they've, they're committed to playing him in the midfield and, 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 you know, that's where the Blues feel they can get best value out of him. I keep but saying it was interesting last week. Yep. They only went in with two back reserves, 
And if anyone else had gone down, you would have seen Hoskins Satutu playing in the midfield, and that could have been interesting. <laughs> there is another that one. That was the plan. There is another one from Lachlan. says, hey, TJ, first and foremost, I just want to say you're a world-class commentator, and I really enjoy the games you call. So that's a big thank you, Lachlan. Question for a tragic Landers fan, though. Where do they go from here? They've struggled ever since 2017-18. What do you think they need to do, or who do they need to sign to improve and become a force again? Well, the first thing they need to do is they need to get on a plane and go to uh, go to Auckland and beat Moana Pacifica this weekend, and uh, that'll you know strengthen their place in the in the top eight. Yeah, look, it's it's a it's a tricky one. Um, I, definitely, uh, a couple of good signings would be useful. I, I think it's more about you know recruiting the right players, you know, building steadily rather than trying to to splash out because that that hasn't always worked as well. Um, so I, I just think they've got to um, you know, try and recruit well, look around the school scene or look around the under-20 scene, that sort of thing, and, and get some good players in the bank and, and bring them through and develop them. Uh, obviously, there, there are plenty of good players there, um, but, but it, it, yeah, it's a difficult situation. I mean, you look at it at the moment where you've got the Chiefs, the Crusaders and the Blues have all got very strong rosters. You've got the Hurricanes who, who are bringing on a really good crop of, uh, you know, a lot of them quite younger players. And I think I think they've got to look probably more at what the Hurricanes are doing than what the other ones are doing just to try and sort of, you know, build something. over, You know, and, and so it might not be a quick fix. It might be something that takes a couple of seasons, two or three seasons. And that is really a reality of professional sport. That's how a lot of professional sports operate. It's a, it's a it's a gradual improvement or a steady improvement rather than a rapid overnight one by signing a couple of big-name players. Brilliant. Great stuff, TJ. As always, enjoy the Thursdays, as do the listeners. Thanks for coming on. Enjoy your weekend. Right. There he is, Tony Johnson from Sky Sport. We're going to demystify bookmaking in the horse game after the break. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Getting you through your workday one hour at a time. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. I'll re- I will read you the teams that have been named so far for Super Rugby soon. Uh, but right now, we're going to try and demystify for you a little bit. A great man that I worked with for a number of years, but he's the horse racing bookmaker. I was the sports bookmaker. He's a horse racing bookmaker, Stephen Hunt. Steve, thanks for joining us today. G'day, Steph. How are you? Very well, mate. Um, I wanted you to maybe give a little bit of a helping hand to the customers and our listeners. When you're framing a market, how do you start? So let's say we've got a meeting on a Saturday with a couple of group races. When do you start looking at that to price a market? Oh, look, I think I look at the nominations firstly, Steph, uh, which come out. For example, a Saturday meeting on a Tuesday afternoon. I uh, just cast my eyes over the horses, um, depending on key runners, etc. How big the fields are going to be. Uh, obviously, weather and track plays a pivotal role, so I'm looking at that on the Monday and Tuesday for for that Saturday. Uh, and then the fields obviously come out on the Wednesday afternoon or slash late morning. Uh, and then you're getting into the into the grind, um, <laughs> which basically starts with a database that I've built over the years. I think my my main pivotal and starting point is looking at that database and dissecting 
the runners that I'm about to price and what races they bounce out of. Mm -hmm. For example, do they come out of a strong race, a weak race, how the race shape unfolded in those particular races that they were last seen at? Was it a fast run race, a slow run race, a sit and sprint, etc.? And that just gives me an overall guide in terms of how the horse is performing in its last one or two starts. Uh, but obviously there's a lot of variables that you add on to that, uh, what grade of race the horse has been running in, uh, the distance of the race to what they've been running in in previous starts. Uh, general form is always crucial. And then starting price. I always put a lot of weight into starting price. Uh, SP is what a lot of people might use their abbreviation as. But uh, look, starting price gives you a good guide in particular if that horse is running in the same grade that had been in past starts or previous starts mm. because you're a really decent guide of what that price or what that horse will pay on that given day going forward. So starting price is always crucial. And then obviously the strike rates around jockeys and trainers pays a key ingredients and working with the big algorithms because you're looking at those big parties, those syndicate betting uh, tables, also uh, smart individual punters. They work heavily on those algorithms, those strike rates, which are based around jockeys and trainers. For, ex for example, you've got Opie Boston as a key factor here in NZ. James McDonald, obviously, across the Tasman, Australia. They have a high strike rate a lot of the times. And when you add them into a strike rate stable, you're doubling up and quite often that's where the punters gravitate towards. So if you've got a horse, and I hear in Australia they call it James McDonald tax, like take 20% off the price just because he throws his leg over it. So if you if you had a horse that its true price might be $6, but if Opie rides it, what can he do to a $6 price? Uh, well, look, when we break it down, so I've got four guys on my team and we price every race or every horse in that individual race alone separate. Um, and I think that's come into the overall price when you're bringing in a horse, and say, for example, a 10-horse field, you're looking to price the market at 100%, mm. make it as true as it can be. For example, if you're pricing a horse and you think it's a 50% chance, that's taking 50% 50, 50 of the book, uh, then you've got, okay, it's got James McDonald factor, so you might increase it to 55% or even 60%. I think it's it's... It's combined in your overall assessment of that horse's chance to be winning the race, and then that, that GST is basically added, added into that equation. Um, and then, obviously, once we all come together, so I've got three or four guys that price separate stages of the country, so just getting off topic a little bit. Uh, for example, I price essentially in the central districts and northern districts. I have a couple other guys that do the same here. We price individually that particular meeting, uh, we come together, we analyse each horse, each race, come up with a final percentage of what that horse's probability is, and then that hopefully balances to 100% that particular race. And then what we do is we add in what we call here in the TAB the overround, and that essentially is based on making a profit for the business slash TAB. Mm. So, for example, we've got 100% market, and we add the overround, which at times can be between 20 and 40%, and that's depending on the class of race, the number of horses in that particular field, low or high confidence in the race, etc. So in general, we're talking around about 120 to 140% the book opening from from essentially 40, uh, 40 or 48 hours out. Uh, and then that, obviously that percentage tightens as close to the race start time gets on that Saturday afternoon. And as a last question, I'd imagine... Um, group one races would be relatively easy to price because there's lots of exposed form and I'd, I'd suggest 
uh, early season two-year-old races might be the hardest because they've just got a few little battling trials and workouts and no racing experience. 100% staff, yeah. Look, um, the higher the grade race, uh, the more confidence you have. And that's reflected on the overall uh, opening percentage. You'll get those fields like the group races, the group ones you touch on, opening at a shorter percentage and over round. And then obviously the unexposed form, the maiden races, the juvenile uh, fields that have uh, lightly race starts or just based on trials, etc. And you've got to go on pedigree, stable, um, etc. You've got to work on that. And there's not really much to expose form to work with. Through it. So it's a little bit of a guessing game. Uh, and that's why you've also got to use uh, punters intelligence. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a different ballpark. That's up to the traders. Uh, once I price a market, I wash my hands, and it's up to the traders, <laughs> and they'll use that punter's intel and, uh, and and work around the smart money or stable money that might be surrounded around certain uh, certain horses. So it's a bit of a balancing act, but uh, it's one that's uh, it's growing over the years. I can remember, staff, when uh, you were here in the TAB and I started off in race day control. Um, I've been in the TAB for over 15 years now, and when it comes to the bookmaking side, um, I've been in that, that game for a good 10 or so years, and uh, it's, it's changed dramatically just in the last three to four years. But mm. thinking back 10 years ago when I first started, what we're dealing with and how we're framing markets, it'd be a laughing stock right now to use all those tools. So uh, it continues to grow, and you've got to keep on top of it because the punters these days, they're getting a lot of information than what they were even 12, 18 months ago. They're getting sectional speed ratings, so you've got to try and keep one step ahead of them. It's not always, impo- uh, it was not always possible, but uh, at least keeping on a level playing field with the punters out there, the smart punters, uh, is, is a good starting point. But, um, yeah, it's a challenge, but a challenge I love day to day. Brilliant, Steve. We're way late for the news, but really interesting chat. I'd love to do it again some stage because I've got a lot more questions, but we've got no more time. So uh, I, I thank you very much, though, for your time. No worries, Steph. Catch you later, mate. Cheers, mate. This is the latest we've ever been for the half news. It's 25-2, so here it is. Uh, yes, apology. I didn't get all your questions into Steve Hunt in time, but we were way late for the news. We've got to do that. We've got a lot of things to do, Sammy. Um... Queen or King of the Ring of Coaching. Results time. I've been handed the official results by Captain K. And uh, we'll start out in the West, shall we, Steph? Uh, I'm going to take you to the West Coast in California. This is Graham Henry, the eighth seed, going up against Chris Waller, the 23rd seed. And pretty big win for Ted. Sir Ted. He'll, be, uh, he'll celebrate that with a little Pinot out there on Waiheke. With a smiling frown. In his spa. Downward smile he's got, eh? Yeah, he does. Yeah, downward smile. Um, so he'll be loving that. And then the East, uh, the Eastern Conference, so Fred Allen, the Knights, he got up against Graham Lowe, the fifth seed. Did and he? What? Fred Allen won. No, I said he going up against oh. Sir Graham Lowe on the fifth seed. But yeah, he did win. Fred Allen won. Correct. Wow. Which is an upset. Um, and interesting to me because Graham Lowe, you basically just kicked off probably the best Kiwi rugby league coach of all time. Mm. Um, so there you go, Sir Fred Allen. Wow, I actually pff, didn't see that one coming. Neither did I. No. What, what, I mean, I don't know much about Fred Allen. What, what's his big sort of claim to fame? His nickname was The Needle. Yeah. He was like a... Okay. He was tough. a hard man, tough man, lived a very long life. But what did he... Did he coach... Uh, coach the All Blacks, played for the All Blacks. Don't know if he captained the All Blacks. Someone will... It was before my era. When he coached them, how well did they do? 
very well. Okay. Uh, it's pre-World Cup. It's, right. It's okay. like, yeah. oh, I'm going to get stuck here, but I'm going to get 60-70 somewhere, somewhere I see. in around I see. there. Yeah, yeah, I can feel you. It was a long, long, long time ago, but yeah. massively, res- one of those guys uh, walked into the Centurion's room at Eden Park. There was a hush mm. all over the world for Fred. All of, yeah, Fred the needle out. All right, well, I'm, oh, I'm happy he's gone through, but yeah, I'm, sure. I'm surprised. So Henry, so just to recap today, Steph, we had Bears beating Arsene Wenger. We had Dame Nolan Totoa beating Vince Lombardi. We had Sir Graham Henry being, beating Chris Waller. And we had Sir Fred Allen beating Sir Graham Lowe. So we have four people through to the Elite Eight. We will find the next four tomorrow. Can't wait. We've got the first four. of the Oh, so fi- we're going to have the final four next week. We'll have the Elite Eight. Oh, and Elite then Eight. Final, I mean, we'll have a champion next week. We'll have a champion, we'll have a champion probably Wednesday. Week. Wednesday or Thursday. Wednesday or, or Thursday. Oh, it's exciting. Uh, just about as exciting. Um, actually, someone texted them before I do this next bit. Someone texted them to see what were Tony Johnson's picks for Super Eight. I didn't really uh, – he felt like the Highlanders had beat Moana Pacifica. I didn't ask him about that one. There, He thought the Chiefs over the Blues in a narrow one. Um, and he said, be happy for your Hurricanes fan, which I think means they'll pump the force, and they should. It's in Palmerston North, which nearly rhymes with Western Force, Palmerston North. But no, uh, go the Canes and Palmy, um, and if you're going to that game. So uh, do enjoy that in Palmy. I think it's going to be windy and a little bit cold, which is exactly what we want because the Western Force play in Perth, and it's hot and calm in the daytime. Fremantle Doctor comes in about five. All right, want to play Show Me the Money? I know you do. I know Craig does from Tauranga. I know he'll ring 0800-150-811. But will the line he rings on match up with the uh, online randomizer that I've got on uh, spinnerwheel.com? 0800-150-811. Show me the money. $50 TAB bonus multi. Myself, Sam, and Captain K. We just had a preseason game. We were back together after a long off-season. But the three of us all came back last week. We're a bit rusty. I think we'll do better this week. You want to play Show Me The Money? 0800 150 Let's go. Show you the money. Not, not so good. Show me the money. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. Right, I've been reliably informed that all 10 lines lit up like a Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. I spin the spinner and I've figured out how to slow it down so it doesn't take forever. It's landed on number nine of 10, Sam. Well, number nine, lucky number nine is lucky number, uh, lucky Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> lucky, that, 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 that lucky is Nigel, Nigel from Hamilton. G'day, Nigel. G'day, how's it going, guys? Very good, mate. Did you read that Sam Neil's real name is Nigel and he changed his name to Sam when he was 11? No, I did see the headline, but I didn't read the article. Yeah, his real name was something like Nigel William Dermot Neal. How does that make you feel as a Nigel? Uh, yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it there, got Nigel no, from Hamilton. He's got no idea what he's doing. <laughs> but, um, hey, big, big plus for Nigel. He lives in Hamilton. Lucky guy. Right, show me the money. Uh, you get a pick. Me, Sam, Captain K all get a pick. Do you want to go first or last, Nigel? Um, I'll go first because you guys won't pick a horse anyway, probably. No, we won't pick a horse. You are right there. So then um, that'll <laughs> give Sam time to find the racing. Right, so you're going to go what day? Oh, it's on Saturday. I don't even know what race it is, but it's finding Australian Derby. 
Oh, the Australian Derby. It'll be about race eight at Randwick. Race nine. Let's have a look. Race nine at Randwick, Sam. Sharp and smart. $3.50. You're not taking... Uh, not sharp. Nah, not sharp and smart. Um... Mark Twain, is there a top four on that or not? Uh, Mark Twain, I don't know if the top four, yes there is, the top four is open there now. Mark Twain, top four is a return of $2.30. Yep, that'll do. Happy with that, yep. Kieran McAvoy. I don't even know how to, did you go to top three, two, three, four? Yes, you click that, yep. and then go down to number nine, Mark yep. Twain, yep. far right, 2.30. Yep. Okay. Mark Twain, 2.30, and that deserves a uh, little bit of that for you, Nigel. You've got us underway, nice and strong. Uh, Let's go across to Captain K, shall we, for his pick? Yes. Right, team. Now, I know we do uh, Ask Guy on on Ask Ask Gus. Gus. Come on, mate. Sorry, mate. Back Back on the tune. Snapchat have come out with a new AI, and I thought, you know what, I'm struggling this week, so why don't I ask it? So I went to my AI and said, what's the best bet on the TAB? It says, as an AI, I cannot pr- provide gambling services. So I just said, please. And it came back and said, how about basketball? So I said, okay, who is the best team in basketball? It's given me the Denver Nuggets. And I, I've had a look. The Denver Nuggets are playing tomorrow against the Pelicans. I said, do you think the Nuggets can beat the Timberwolves? It reckons yes. So at $1.34 tomorrow... The Nuggets head to head to beat the New Orleans Pelicans, and if I lose, it's not on me. <laughs> it's not on uh, whatever chatbot you're sure using. So, uh, look, Elon Musk and all the all of his other tech cronies have suggested that we need to put a halt to AI staff. Mm. We will either join the party or not tomorrow afternoon, and we we'll probably know before the show ends as well. Yes, very conservative from you, Captain K. Uh, should I go next, Steph? If you like, rugby league, mm. South Sydney this evening, because I like to just get it out of the way. Sorry, not this evening. It's not this evening, thank goodness. I was going to say, we'd know by tomorrow, like we did last week, that I'm no good at tipping. Um, South Sydney tomorrow night v the Melbourne Storm. Alex Johnson. I told you I was going to aim for 150 and below staff. Alex Johnson at $1.57. I'm happy to compromise seven cents. Call it a bargain. Show me the money. Over to you. So I'm going to have... Oh, look. Me and Nigel, we've got similar prices. I'm 225 I was tempted by a $9 shot this week. Yeah. So I've gone, because we're doing rugby league sweepstake, and it's usually the highest game, has the most tries. We did lowest game today. Uh, Brisbane Broncos, form team of the comp. Uh, whatever the opposite of form team of the comp is, that's Wests. Correct. Uh, they're playing each other. Yes. There's going to be a lot of tries. A I'd lot of tries so. for Brisbane. Mm. So I've settled on Katoni Staggs, $2.25, to score a try. I nearly took Payne Haas at $9, because I think there could be... Six try scorers in this game, and Payne Haas is a freak. But for the sake that we haven't struck one for a while, I'm happy to go a little bit more conservative and go Katoni Stags 225. You know what's going to happen now? Show me the money. Tigers are going to beat the Broncos. This is just how the NRL works. <laughs> well, I'll be more than happy It's with the that. one that you think's the most certain, and at the end of the weekend, you're going, why? How? Who? Mm, what? Mm. Where? So, uh, look, let's hope it does come in because throwing that into the mixer, Steph, and adding up the four, we've got $10.88 total odds. $50 on that for the TAB comes out at four, nine, four, three, five. Oh, that'll buy your coffees for a couple of weeks, Nigel. Yeah, sounds good, guys. Happy days. Yep. Wish you all the best. Okay. 
Nigel from Hamilton, very lucky to be living in Hamilton. I should have asked him if he's going to the Chiefs game, actually. Uh, Chiefs Blues, um, very much looking forward to that. Fred Allen was unbeaten as all-black coach. That comes from Blackie, Sam. You asking about Fred Allen? Okay, I well, knew we'd worthy. get some feedback. Worthy. Uh, Ian says Allen was undefeated, all-black coach. Um, and then we had some questions to ask Stephen Hunt, which I didn't get a chance to. But I'll get Steve on again, actually. We might do a bit of a longer chat with him, and we'll take some calls. And he's a tremendous young man, Steve Hunt. He is. Uh, remember today, Phoenix Nation is coming to you from uh, three till four because they're back underway. Um, some text messages I haven't been able to get to for a little while. Sorry, team. Staffy, the Blues have rested Mark Tillier and he's been replaced by AJ Lambert. Patrick, two ups. Paddy Tuvaloto is back uh, on the bench and Akira is still a week away. Thank you, Captain Ken. Uh, Paul says, should we can be concerned about October with the unrest in France? What's the unrest in France? I don't watch the news. What's the unrest in France? Pension age. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll tell you what, if I get through to show me the money, I'll take the line out first stoppage and play. Cheers, TJ from Craig. Sorry, Craig, your number didn't come up. Uh, can you please read out the Blues team? I'll do. Can I do that now, Sam? Have I got time? I haven't really. I haven't really. Sorry, mate. I did say I'd do that. Super, does Super Rugby need a salary cap to spread players around? Sean, yes. Sean, yes. Uh, we will take a break. We'll have a look back in the day and we'll get you primed and ready for Phoenix Nation. Here's what happened back in the day. March 30, 1993, Man U's French striker Eric Cantona was fined £1,000 for spitting at the supporters of his former club, Leeds. And two years later, the volatile Cantona was suspended for eight months and fined £30,000 for that very famous Kung Fu kick at Selhurst Park. In 2002, Sunline, the magnificent mayor, scored a gutsy win in the $2.5 million Doncaster handicap at Randwick Racecourse. Sunline in front, Shogun Lodge seeing daylight, but Sunline's in front, Shogun Lodge tries to pick her up, the great mare fights, she hangs on, Shogun Lodge low! No, Sunline or Shogun Lodge... I'll tell you what, it was Sunline. Birthdays today, Eric Clapton, 78. MC Hammer, 61. Piers Morgan. How's he a celebrity? He's 58. Celine Dion is 55. Nora Jones is 44. We're getting younger and younger. Sergio Ramos, 37. Kaylin Ponga is 25. On this day in 1988, the number one movie was Beetlejuice and the number one song, MJ. Three to four. Captain K, Sammy, big day. Catch you tomorrow. 14-17.